Hello, everyone, and welcome to Weekly Manga Recap for the Q&A episode for November of 2016. I'm Nick, here with Chris. Uh, actually, yeah. Nick, I, I feel I'm going to undergo a new identity. I'm actually Tybalt from uh, Romeo and Juliet now. Oh. Yeah. You know he dies, right? Yeah, but he really has some great moments before then. Like, he does the whole thumb-biting thing, which really needs to take off again. We start biting our thumb at people. Because that's fucking... Nobody would get that nowadays. But they wouldn't understand if you're secretly telling them to go fuck themselves. Mm-hmm. I think we he should bring have, that back, Nick. He does have a really cool... He does come off as, like, the most ridiculous badass in the Leonardo DiCaprio version. Uh, where he's this, like... He's basically straight out of Once Upon a Time in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Before that movie came out. He's got these ridiculous, like, steel-heeled boots with the cat on them because he's the cat. The cat? Yeah, he's the cat. That's his, like, nickname. Uh, oh, right, 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 right. Okay. I don't know why. I was thinking, like, he had, like, claws or something like that. I was, like, trying... I was almost, like, thinking he was Vega from Street Fighter. I was like, the cat? <laughs> what? Oh... I remember Tibble being great, but not that ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that seemed kind of cartoonish. Was there also an Indian man who had stretchy arms and breathed fire? Oh, man. Just a random sumo guy who oiled himself up and launched people. <laughs> Fights in a bathhouse for some reason. And then every so often you stop fighting people so you can just break the shit out of a new car. Oh, man, yeah. I mean, Romeo and Juliet, I mean, it was really slow up until that naked Russian man came to wrestle bears. <laughs> and it was, that was when it really started. Yeah, it really got some energy going in there for the final act. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that being said, <laughs> what, would a Romeo, what would a Romeo and Juliet, based on the Street Fighter universe, be, t- be titled? Because it would have to be someone, I guess, from... The, there'd have to be someone from Shadow and then someone opposed to it. Uh, I mean, see, I, I know very little Street Fighter lore. Isn't Cammy with Shadowloo? Sh- Cammy's a is uh, one of the heroes. Is she? I thought she was. A, I thought she worked for the bad guys. Mm, I don't know too much either, but I thought you know that what? she was allied. You know what? I know the most about Cammy that cosplays of her usually have. Fantastic asses. That's about the extent of my knowledge of the Cammy character. Given the design of the costume. <laughs> it kind of, yeah, it's kind of necessity, but that no, no, said, right. I, well, let's see. I don't she, think I've ever played any of the Street Fighter games with Cammy in them, so I don't actually know her story that much. She was once a deadly assassin working for Shadowloo before breaking free and becoming an MI6 operative for the British government. Okay, so she was evil, now she's she was good. Was evil, now good. What is Yuri, Jury? Janie, is she something Jury Han, evil? Jury Han is Jury Han is totes evil. Totes evil. All right, so that's one of the reasons. That's one of the reasons why she's so popular is because like she's horribly sadistically evil. So there you go. You got uh, what's her name? You got Jury, and okay. then um, I don't know, like Ken, Ken and Yuri. So it would be what Kenio and Juriet or something? Yeah, that works perfectly. Boom, done. Print it. All right. Book it. No, nobody steal this idea. No, this, this idea that uses two properties that we don't own the rights to. 
is it, uh, Romeo and Juliet has to be public domain by now, right? It is. Okay, it is. But Street so, Fighter certainly is so, not. <laughs> so we've got, well, we just come up with our fucking Schmeet Fighter franchise where it's Schmenio and Schmuriet. There we go. Boom. <laughs> All right. Million dollar idea. We're good to go. Solid. So last time we asked you guys a, uh, a question. And we've got some answers uh, that you guys sent us in the past month. Right? Yes, yes. I grabbed a couple of our uh, questions, or the answers that came in for this. We asked last time, who are some of your favorite underappreciated characters in manga? You know, characters who aren't the focal of their series, they aren't the, the main group of heroes, but they have a really interesting arc and, and really compelling story that you love. So uh, Truman Masat said, Akuni Kauki from Madaka Box. Since he came into the series being like Cavendish, all proud and handsome and stuff, but in the second half of the series, he has a character arc involving a kid who idolized his old delinquent personality, and without getting into details too much, he came out of everything, not only making up for who he used to be, but turning into such an interesting character that he made the top three of the last story character poll coming up from below the top ten. Uh, below the top ten. I don't know if you can qualify as underappreciated, considering that he was part of the student council. Which one he was, was he? He was, he was, I think that he was, I, I'll be he honest, the third, he, he would have been the third most, I mean, he would have been through, through the majority of the series, he would have been the third most important member of the council because there was Madaka, then there was Enkichi and they were the main two. And Koki was like the first person to join after that point. I'll be honest. I barely remember anything about Madaka box anymore. I remember but. tits because, um, <laughs> There were some of those. Uh, Just looking Madaka, like, and you. <laughs> we also had a couple from uh, Loon Ranma Yasha. So he just said Vivi is one from One Piece. Uh, for some reason, there's a lot of people who don't seem to care for her, but personally, I think she's one of the best female characters in the series. She might not be a fighter, but she damn well prepared to give her life to save her country, and I was thoroughly invested in her story throughout that whole arc. Vivi in the Alabast arc is a large part of why I became a One Piece fan, and I definitely want to see her return to the story in a greater capacity come the Reverie. And I could say that a lot, actually. I, I never really considered yeah. it before, but I definitely think Vivi is by far the best of that, like, group of, of like, uh, island-specific characters who kind of right. have the, the... The the pseudo-straw hats, you could say. Yeah, that's a good term for them. So, that's very good. But I had to mention this one, because this one really kind of shocked me. Wow. We're going to space now, guys. All right. Uh, he also said Ten Shin Han from Dragon Ball. Ten Shin Han? Whatever, Nick. I didn't watch the stuck nerdy ass series, really. <laughs> By the time- Fucking weeaboo, Nick. God, he's Tien. <laughs> yeah. By the time I got to that shit, he had already fallen out of the wayside. Uh, his attention from uh, Dragon Ball has always been one of my favorite characters in the series because of his interesting moral conflict during his introduction arc and his redemption through the battles of Piccolo. His fights with Goku are some of the best in the series in terms of creativity and emotional weight. And even though he becomes far outclassed by other characters after the Saiyan arc, he still managed to have at least one moment in each arc where he gets to shine. In a cell arc, he managed to solve semi-perfect cell with Kai Koho, I guess is the name Kiki-yo-ha! of it. Kikyoha! Yeah, whatever that is, which helped Androids 18 and 16 escape, and in the Boo arc, he saved Gohan's life by deflecting a splash from Super Boo. While in those cases, Tien's contributions didn't manage to defeat the opponent, he still bought time and helped his allies the best he could. Ten Shin Han can never gave up on trying to help or do the right thing, which is more than I could say for Yamcha or Krillin. Yamcha literally turns into the fucking biggest wuss uh, towards the end of Dragon Ball. I, there is one memorable moment where literally, like, he refuses to, like, dive into, uh, like, a, a, 
a lake or an ocean or something like that to go and get a Dragon Ball. So Chi-Chi and Bulma dive down and get it instead. That's so sad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, those are the questions from our audience, and I'll actually, uh, why don't I just ask the one I'm going to put for this week? So guys, if you want to answer this question, we'll answer, uh, we'll read some of the best answers we get next month. Uh, just send the answer into weeklymangarecap.yahoo.com. The question we're going to give for you guys is, what moment in manga has made you the happiest? Like, what's a moment that happened, or some event that occurred that made you the happiest uh, when reading a manga? So... Hmm. Any answer you have for that, send it over, weeklymangarecap.yahoo.com. Just put in the title, Answers to Q&A, and uh, maybe we'll read your answer next month. Okay. But now it's time for our questions to each other. Yes. The most uh, tense moment of the week. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, a question for you, Chris, is, and this is going to be a little bit of a complicated one, I think it's also the one that might... Uh, uh, if if anyone feels like uh, sending us their answer on this, then I think that uh, it would be pretty good for an open question too. Uh, we live in the era of you know connected universes and sequels and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it seems like you know every single movie universe these days literally has to spawn sequels mm. uh, if it's a major production. So pretty much everything's going to have a sequel. But a lot of times, whenever a sequel to something comes out, people will say like. Oh, that ruined it. That's not nearly as good as the original. It makes the original so much worse now that this is out. So, my question to you is, if there is one work out there, whether it be a TV series, whether it be a movie franchise, whether it be a manga, that you felt uh, went too long, went on too long, uh, should have ended after a specific point, and literally everything beyond that point should not exist... Uh, what would that be? Huh. That is a tough one. It's a broad question. Yeah, I'm so trying anyway. to think of like everything I've enjoyed through my life that I'm like, oh no, I wish I had stopped there instead of kept going, but... Um... Hmm. I mean, I guess one of the easiest answers is I Shield 21. Like, I wish they mm. just stopped. Almost, I wish they had stopped after the Ojo Bowl or the Ojo match. It just never. That's where the anime match. stops. Yeah, and even though I recognize like they don't actually get to the Christmas Bowl and win it, it's just mm. every everything after that match is like diminishing returns for me. Yeah, like the I think that the Kyushu match is good, but it's yeah. not it's not great. Yes. And then when they actually go up against Teikoku, it's it's a tremendous letdown because this legendary Aisho Twin One figure, it turns out, is not a very interesting character. No, no. Manta stuff. Manta stuff with Taka, I think, is underrated. It's good. Uh, it's it's it, solid because you know, it's, it, I mean, that's good stuff. You know, the supporting character that he idolizes, it turns out, he's got to go up against his son, um, who is equally as talented. Uh, but yeah, the match as a whole doesn't really come together. Uh, and it's a little bit too, it's a bit, little bit too similar to the Shin Ryuji match, honestly. Uh, where it's like, oh, we fell way behind, but and now we've got to make a an absurd comeback. Yeah, there's there's um, even some story beats in there that are like exactly like that. Because there's also like a crazy pass to Yukimitsu in there, but even that didn't get very much fanfare at all. It was a kind of cool moment, mm-hmm. but just didn't have any of the same weight as the last two times he had done something really crazy. And then the World Tournament arc is just 
All kinds of fucked up. <laughs> it's, yeah, that was pretty god awful. At least we got Mr. Don out of it, because Mr. Don's hilarious. <laughs> I like seeing Panther again, too, honestly. I, I kind of wish that there yeah, had just been another I, way I, for I, Panther to be an opponent, because I thought he was one of the more interesting rivals for Senna, too, because he's... Yeah, and that's why, that's why like, I think that there is enough in those three matches uh, to say, like, no, I wouldn't get rid of all of them. It definitely got worse, but I would not say, like, oh, no, it should have definitely ended at this point. Um, like, I, you know, I've, I have um, uh, stated that I thought that, you know, Bleed should have ended with, you know, Ison's defeat, and there are people who are like, no, there are way too many unanswered questions, and so on, so, and so on, with, like, uh, oh, you know, what was the deal with Masaki? We never found out, you know, the whole Quincy background stuff. Uh, so, there are people who are like, yeah, you know, maybe it was a it was a letdown by the end of it, but there are still some things that I would not want to get rid of uh, if you ended it at that point. So it, it is a bit is a hard question because you got to consider like to get rid of all of the good and all of the bad that came after a specific point that you think should have been the ending. Yeah, I'm even trying to think of like television series I've watched and. All the ones I'm thinking of, I'm like, eh, I don't know if that's like a good enough part to just be the end of the series or anything like that. One thing that I will mention, I don't know if this would actually be my answer, but uh, I don't know if you know uh, about uh, how Kim Possible got its last season. No, I don't. Uh, it had like uh, a set ending. They ended it on you know the big TV movie, and they uh, wrapped up a whole bunch of loose plot threads. They uh, had you know. A, re- a resolution for all of the major characters. And they got, you know, Kim and Ron together romantically, and they were like, yeah, that's it, you know, we're done. And there was such a huge following for the show that they answered it and actually made a fourth season after that point. And they kind of had to go, well, but all the stuff that we wanted to just leave on an end note, we have to continue on with. And... So I don't say I'm not going to say that I would definitely get rid of that season, even though it is worse and it features some really, really annoying focus on her annoying little brothers who get like three episodes out of the 13 or so dedicated to them. And I fucking hated all of them. Uh, but it does something that was kind of unique for a kid's show, which was, hey, we've got teen heroes who are in a romantic relationship on a fucking Disney Channel show, and we have to show them in a relationship. Huh. Yeah, like, How do we do that? <laughs> they could never so, get physical. They could never do this. Right. They, uh, obviously, they, they didn't, but they had to... They had So they had to have, you know, a sincere, you know, they're in a romantic relationship uh, dynamic while still making it kid-friendly. And I mean, not kid-friendly, I mean, like, Disney kid-friendly, which was like, oh, ew, they're making out, so we can't have too many make-out moments in the show. I can see that. I need to watch that show again at some point. I remember it being pretty funny when I watched a couple episodes. It was was really good, especially for a Disney Channel cartoon. Yeah. Nowadays, like, because they have, like, a dedicated uh, cartoon network. I think it's Disney XD. That's what Gravity Falls aired on. Um, So, yeah. Uh, Nick, I got a question for you. Cool. So, I've been very tired this past week. Okay. And I have been thinking, there, there's this, like, those moments where you're like, 
huh, like I did something I completely forgot because I'm like just that out of it. I'm that sleep deprived. What is the mm-hmm. oddest or craziest things you've done while you've been sleep deprived? Like you're just so tired, you like completely. You're trying to like function on autopilot, but you can't. Uh, there have been plenty of times when I've woken up and uh, thought that it I had messed something up uh, by oversleeping. Um, I still have that uh, recurring problem of I wake up and I'm worried about missing class. Um, even though, <laughs> even though that has not been a problem for me in a long time, like, I don't think, God, I haven't missed it. I haven't had to miss a class due to sleeping in fucking years and years, but that's still just the recurring thing. You know, like I, I, I wake up and I'm like, ah, oh my God, it's so late. Did I miss no, no, I didn't. Of course I didn't. You just like, uh, it's the state of mind that I'm in. You start talking um, to like a mirror on the ceiling, like, no, Nick, you're fine. You know, I'll look outside and I'll be like, what time is it? And I'm like. Oh, right. Six. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I'm trying to remember this. God, what's the, what's the, the stupidest thing that I've actually done, though, because I've been so tired? One thing I do a lot when I'm really tired is, because, you know, I, I wake up late, you know, get in to get a shower. Or I don't even wake up late. I just did get a lot of sleep. Go in for a shower. And it happens more often than I care to admit. You know, I have body wash. I have shampoo. And nine out of ten times when I'm really tired, I pour a handful of shampoo and slap it onto my chest, and I'm like, God damn it. Because it just functions on so much autopilot. It's like bottle, squeeze gel in hand, put on body part, and I just, it's a 50-50, and I somehow screw it up right. every time, where it's like, you know, a handful of body body wash on my hair. Like, oh, God damn it. There will be times, definitely, when I'm really tired, when I'll be, like, wandering around the kitchen, because, uh... I'll have gotten, you know, one thing to make breakfast and still need to get other things. And then I go back for the first thing, even though I've already gotten it. You know, like, uh, if you make a, you know, like I make a sandwich, I get the bread out and then I get a knife for peanut butter or whatever. And then instead of going to get the peanut butter, I go to the loaf of bread and get out more slices of bread. And I'm like, wait, shit. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening here? Am I, am I Jesus? Am I multiplying bread? <laughs> Uh, I will say that there, in terms of, like, uh, weird, uh, you know, not all there when waking up moments, there was one time when I was a kid. You know how you spend summer vacation when you're a kid? You do nothing. <laughs> you, you wake up, so, you watch television, you play video exactly. games, you go to bed, and then you get angry that eventually that past that stops being your life. Yeah, and and uh, before you realize what being bored truly is, uh, you're just going to be like, yeah, sure, I'll watch whatever's on Cartoon Network on at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> That's when they put the quality entertainment on, right? Yeah. Um, but there you know, there was one time when I was just lying down on the couch in, in the living room of my house, and I was watching TV, and I, I got up, I don't know, to, go, if I was to get a snack or what, but I, you know, walked uh, uh, down the hallway, and I got like twenty feet before suddenly I just fell over because you know I I got up and all the blood rushed out of my head. Uh, so I I literally passed out from doing that uh, right in the middle of the hallway, and then I woke up you know like a minute or two later. But I had been so completely definite, definitely unconscious that I thought that I had been asleep for hours, and I was like, "What the hell? What time is it? <laughs> what day is it?" <laughs> like you're calling yeah, pretty the much. police. 
Ah, that's bad. And I freaked out and I told my dad about it, and he was like, no, the, Nick, the blood just rushed out of your head. You were probably out for, like, a second. <laughs> You're Stupid like, kid. You're like, that's exactly what alien imposter dad would have said. You took over my real dad's body when I was asleep for seven years! And that's why I don't have a dad anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that's why I'm no longer allowed to assume things. That's why I have to do my podcast from the insane asylum. <laughs> <laughs> Explains a lot. All right, let's, uh, let's get to the questions then. You guys have sent in... Many questions, and we have a lot to catch up on. So let's let's dig right into these. We're we're still working from back in oh god mid July, so we've got quite a few to get through. But uh, we're 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 gonna blast our way through them. I'll I'll start let's us off. This. I'll start us off here. Uh, no name here, but it says dear Chris and Rolo T. In August 2013, you predicted that if World Trigger went on for another three years, you would hate Jin. You've been asked this earlier whether or not this prediction ended up being true, and you said no. But at that time, a full three years had not passed. But now that there has, let's have it final and on the record. Do you think Jin, as you predicted, turned out to be this series of Tsugaya? No, he has not. He has not been overused that much. He has not been made into that big of an issue. They've been showing weaknesses to it. And it mostly just comes to the fact that he's not a major character. Well, he's a major character, but he's not one of, like, the main characters. Even though he's part of Tamakoma 2, he's probably the member of Tamakoma 2 who shows up the least of anybody, really. So, uh, he has not been the series of Tsugaya, much to my appreciation. Let me see here real quick. I mean, I know there's some the thing minor about, characters in there, but... The thing about uh, Hitsugaya was that he wasn't a main character. He was, like, a major secondary character, sure. Mm-hmm. But, uh... Jin was the fifth most popular in the first character popularity poll in 2014. And... Let's see here. Uh... I mean, he's one of the more popular characters, it, so you could make the argument that he's a lot around there. Well, my well, uh, th- freaking Konami was third most popular. Yeah. Huh. Well, you get a pretty girl who wears a pair of like hot pants and a battle axe when she goes into battle, so makes sense. Um, yeah. No. With Hitsuga, I think the Hitsugaya comparison was just a character who was just like very dislikable for like you know myself. Like someone who was just annoying. The thing was that he had that he had a very potent fan base. You could say, yeah. Uh, I mean, there, with, were, with, there was with, definitely a, a, a great amount of backlash against him, um, because he was so popular despite not really being very important. So I think that's the big thing to consider with him. Yeah, I mean, my main thing with Jin was, and where this question came from, was the fact that I said that his power would be annoying because it would it would make the manga. He'd be too important. He'd be the guy who's constantly, like, interrupting things to, like, you know, reveal his fucking future scene powers and things like that. And he'd just be so annoying to me as a reader that he'd just be, like, the downfall of the series. And he hasn't been because they've been using him in moderation and his power has not been that crazy. It's usually actually more for, like, narrative teasing and a little bit of foreshadowing, like, in that moment with, uh... Uh, the guy who's who hates neighbors saving Osamu. I, I'm blanking on his name right now, but for moments like that, so Kazama. Yeah, no, he's part of Kazama's squad, but it's, or not Kazama's squad. Right, right, right. I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I forget his name, but anyway. So yeah, that's uh, that's that's what we got with that. Let's go to the next one. Okay. This one comes to us from fucking Supernova RX. Hello, Y Monarch of the Kentucky Fried and Rolo Fanfic Sensei T. If Askin, Deadpool, and Harley Quinn went on an adventure together, how much trouble do you think they would cause? A lot. 
I'm assuming I'm assuming asking gets killed pretty quickly because he's just there trying to be like, so are you both really like literally insane? Like, should you be in an asylum or something? And they just, just kill him because he's being too annoying. And then they just go on. Like, but then he used the death dealing to come back. That is true. That he'd kill them. But then Deadpool would heal, but Harley would presumably still I'm, be dead. <laughs> no, I'm assuming she comes back too for some like bullshit reason that DC's probably giving her at this point. I think there's too popular to die. I think I think there's like three Jokers supposedly running around now at this point in the DC. That's universe. the current. That is the current canon. There are three different. Yeah. Oh man. All right. Uh, second, if you had to train the main jump heroes, what advice would you give them? Uh, Asta, I would say, uh, shut your mouth. Uh, Boruto, I would say, you know your role. Listen to what Sasuke fucking tells you. Um, Luffy, I would say, give more serious consideration to what your crewmates tell you. Um, Yuma, I would say, stop assuming you'll win, because he's gotten a little bit less assholeish about it, but he's still got an arrogant streak to him, and that's probably going to bite him in the ass at some point. I'm not sure what I would tell Toriko, though. <laughs> Thanks for the memories as your series ends. Thanks I for guess. all the fish. <laughs> hey, popcorn doesn't seem like a very good hors d'oeuvre, but <laughs> whatever. Um, well, then there's Deku. Um, eh, you're still learning. Yeah. <laughs> I think that about covers it. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Third, if you went on a Pokemon journey, which of Ash's friends take with you? I admit that I'm a bit of a disadvantage when I answer this because uh, I only have watched uh, Pokemon for five different companions, because I stopped watching it in the Johto era, and uh, only watched a little bit of uh, Best Wishes, the Black and White series. Okay. So I've seen episodes with Misty, Brock, fucking Tracy, <laughs> uh, and Iris and Cillin. Uh, between those five, if I had to choose like two, I guess I would go with Misty and Cillin, uh, because Cillin is basically a more mature Brock who won't, uh, drool over every single woman that he sees. So, there you go. Uh, I'd probably choose, cause I, I'm similar to you, but it basically exchanged best wishes for some of, um, I think advanced was what they called the Hoenn one. So I also know mm -hmm. Max and May. Mm -hmm. uh, I would probably take Brock just because Brock was pretty cool. I wouldn't fucking take Tracy. That'd be the, the biggest waste Fuck of a trick ever. <laughs> That'd be like such a lame fucking like, hey guys, I like to draw and I have a scythe that I don't use. Like, ugh, hate you so much, <laughs> Tracy. I'd probably take Brock and then I'd, I'd kind of want to take Misty as she's the one I'm most familiar with, but it might be fun to go with May too. Just because you're then getting to see the world from the eyes of somebody who's seen it all for the first time too. And, uh, hmm. I guess you, I was gonna say, it also would be good to have somebody Brock wouldn't hit on, but I guess he never really hit on Ash's, like, female companions. No, because they were too young for him. I mean, their ages were all pretty ambiguous, I felt like. I mean, like, the companions were, but. Well, Brock was supposed to be something, somewhere in the realm of 15 to 16. Which is weird, because I always thought he was, like, in his early 30s. <laughs> like, he, just, were, he just always felt well, that's like Eric, that's, that's Eric Stewart's fault, also. <laughs> yeah, like, I always just felt like he was super, like, older and everything like that. But yeah, I'll, I'll go with Misty and Brock. Or not Misty and Brock, uh, May and Brock. May and Brock. Okay. And they actually traveled together with Ash at one point. Yeah. Uh, 
And lastly, who would win in a bake sale? Majin Buu or Grammy? What a weird question. <laughs> I mean, Majin Buu actually turns people into candies. So Grammy just turns their... Could, well, Grammy can turn them into anything, too. He made but, Yashiru's bones into cookie. Yeah, but the issue there is that Majin Buu... It, it, I may be missing something or forgetting something from, like, a fucking filler arc. But Majin Buu turns people into food, which is detrimental right. to a bake sale because you are turning the people who are going to be buying things from you into the food then. So you need double the profit. You need double the consumer base to possibly make that up, though, because half of the people you're getting, you were turning into the product. Grammy, you, would never take a, you would never take a loss, though, because you would just turn people into cookies. You would never actually have to buy supplies. But Grammy won neither, because he could just imagine them up. Or he's yeah, that but dumb. Grammy's incompetent. Or he's he that would... dumb that he imagines up currency, goes to the grocery store, <laughs> buys the ingredients, then imagines more money that he goes out to buy, like, mixing tools and other ingredients, comes back, and he's like, that was too much work, and then imagines a plate of, like, lame cookies. Like, he only imagines sugar cookies. People are like, you know, you could put things in cookies, too. He's like, what? Like, you just hear, like the brain in the jar starting to leak a little bit. Like, you just shattered his mind. <laughs> Grammy would just imagine infinite losses, I think. Oh, yeah. I guess I'll go with Bajaboo. All right. All right, so we've got questions here from Corito Prime. Oh, Nick, why ruler? Thank God Bleach is dead. Freeman and Chris Rolo, I write fanfics about fu- children fucking animals to hilarious. I don't, I don't like that one. That one's concerning. Uh, They're teenagers. <laughs> question uno. I have noticed that a lot of people send you the various what superpower would you like type questions, so I wanted to ask, if you were to get any superpower, would you actually try to use your powers to help society, like in the form of a police officer or a hero? Or would you just be like me and ask for teleportation or other powers that would make your friends' and family's lives easier? It depends on the type of power that I had. I think no matter what I had, I would probably try to use it in some way that would better society. I, I mean, I've I've had ambitions to even like get into like uh, like going to firemen's academy or things like that. So I think if I got anything that made me like, you know, super strong or super durable or any kind of power that I feel like could benefit society, yeah, I would definitely like take it and try to go into some kind of uh, career that would be able to help with society. If it was something that could easily be, not necessarily easily, but definitely have a use that I could make a difference and help people out, yeah, I would use it. But if it were something like, you can turn invisible. Well, how how am I going to use that to actually help people? <laughs> I mean, I guess you could be like an undercover agent. It's like, fucking dangerous. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... No, yeah, if it, if it was, even if it was something like, okay, you know, you can use... Well, you can use that for a lot of ways. Like, you know, immediately be able to instantly travel to see people. Uh, like, if I could take people with me, uh, I could take people to where they can get proper health care and, and stuff. You could but, also help out with just, like, helping foster kids see their foster family. That was my mom's yeah. job for a while, was driving kids, like, hours and hours of distance to see their foster family. Even, like, social you know, work would be a good yeah, use Something for like it. that could be used for great uh, benefit to society, but if it's something like I can shoot lasers from my eyes, well, that's cool. <laughs> what are you actually going to use that for? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess the, the the qualifier for me would have to be yeah, as long as I'm not being used as like an aggressive like uh, fighting force or something like 
you're going to be like the military's new combat weapon or something like that. If it's if it's like civil service kind of helping people, I'd, I'd be absolutely in that. If my power was like fucking Valmont when he had the dragon talisman, where I just shoot laser beams out of my hand, I'm like, <laughs> I guess this. I guess it could kind of help out in fire situations. Like I blow up <laughs> walls and houses that are on fire, but then I just I really threaten the structural integrity of everything. It's not really helpful, I guess. Uh, someone's suggesting someone's suggesting statue carving again. How does that benefit society? Selfish uh, means <laughs> it goes to question trace. I don't know. I don't see a question dose. So maybe that's uh, an inside joke. I forgot. there is no there is no numero dos. No. Yeah. Question for Nick. By the time you answer this question, it's probably has already ended. That just goes to show you how, how long back we are. And depending on how it ended, would you still be interested in reading whatever Kuba puts up next? Yeah, I'll give it a shot. Uh, same for question for Chris, but when Hunter Hunter or Fairy Tale ever ends. Hunter Hunter, possibly, I don't know if that's ever going to end, or if it's just going to be he stops making it, and even then, like, was he, does he go to something else? Fairy Tale, I, I, I'd give what Hero has next a shot. My hope is that it wouldn't be as absurdly popular as Fairy Tale, because I feel like... Because then we have to do it every week. <laughs> well, it's also the fact that I feel... Because like, I really like Rave Master, more or less, but... I feel like because Fairy Tale was so popular, he's always catering to that quality. He's always catering what the fans right. want. So if it's not as popular, I feel like we might be able to get some more interesting stories out of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, question Quattro. I'm the kind of person who, after completing the video game, I like to replay it with everything unlocked from the beginning just to see how overpowered I could be and how fast I could run through the story. With that in mind, is there any manga story that you've read for the show in with the protagonist that has full or partial knowledge of what's going to happen or has future powers? Oh, so it, it wants to know if we want to see a story where the protagonist had essentially their full power to form and I guess was going through the story from the beginning. So, like, imagine mm-hmm. Luffy with hockey in Gear 4 starting off against fucking Alveda. Nah, it's, it's, it's boring. Yeah, I, I don't know if it'd be as entertaining. It might be worth it for, like, a funny... Like, it'd be cool if, like, Osamu eventually does get, like, crazy super-powered, and then <laughs> you just get to read, like, one fucking arc of him going through the story again, and everyone's trying to shit up with his little try and he's like, hold on, let me get my 18 Ray Gusts on. But yeah, there we go. Good questions. This, this one's for me, uh, from Shockwave72. Hello, Nick. I can't believe I didn't give not Deck, Freeman, and Chris. How come people don't give me more cards in Hearthstone? Larios. Okay, first of all, Brotherhood of the Fire Fist would be terrible for Nazi because there's no dragons in it. Come on. Jesus Christ, guys. And second, Thank- I wish people would ask me more Hearthstone questions, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, I know popular theory is that the Invisible Girl, Agakure, in My Hero Academia is the mole, but is it possible that Shoji, the multi-mountaineer guy, is the mole based off of how little was actually in his room? I get the feeling that he is so minimalist in case he gets found out and is in a hurry and uh, has to run off in a hurry, he'll have nothing to hold on to. Of course, this question is no one void if the mole is exposed before you read this in August slash September. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, I I actually feel that would be evidence against that, because that, mm -hmm. like, if you're a mole, you don't want to raise that kind of suspicion of, like, why is your room so empty? You want your room to look as natural as possible so no one has a reason to think anything's (laughs) off. We've got a couple of people uh, proposing ideas about uh, who the mole is in these uh, questions, and I do want to point out that uh, the fact that we now know that oops, that Toga can transform and disguise herself as students in the Academy, uh, specifically at least Uraka and uh, now Deku, uh, is kind of a game-changer. 
Um, it's possible that uh, there is no mole. Mm-hmm. There's just someone in disguise there. Yep, very possible. Uh, number two. Has anyone come up with the theory that Nami is actually an abandoned daughter of Big Mom? I got this theory after watching the double thriller bark and seeing Nami in the wedding dress and Lil's desire to be married and being Big Mom's actual daughter and Sanji being forced into a marriage sparked this theory and willing to put money on Nami breaking up this wedding over Luffy because of that lone moment there. What? I think actually... Oh, oh maybe... So, suggesting that Nami will be the one to actually be one with the big stop this wedding instead of Luffy being in... Well, I mean, uh, that that would be a cool... um like a moment of inverse where Nami comes in to stop the wedding and you get that from that side. But well, as, Luffy's as, obviously too busy standing in that one spot, not <laughs> moving, waiting for Sanji to come back. So she better. <laughs> as for Nami being an abandoned daughter of big mom, I can understand that it's a possibility just because there's no real idea of what Nami's parents were, uh, who Nami's parents were. But the whole thing is that Nami's parents were killed essentially in a war and that they were orphans of war and they were taken in by that. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't exactly strike what Big Mom's done in her life that that would be a possibility that happened. Like, why is she in the? I think they even said that it was in the East Blue. Like, why were you know why would she abandon a child in the East Blue? Obviously, Big Mom's not dead, so she would have had to have abandoned it. I, I think Nami's story actually just works fine as it is. She was a, a child who, as an infant, had her her parents killed in a war, was found by another orphan of war, were then adopted by a Marine mother, and that's where her story kind of goes from there. I, I don't think finding out that Nami's parents are still alive or anything like that adds anything to her story because it's not been something she's been concerned about. As far as she goes, Belmare was her mom. That's all she needs. Number three, Nick, what kind of decks from Yu-Gi-Oh would the Straw Hats have? I did pre—I did prepare for this one, fortunately. <laughs> so, uh, Luffy, I'm going to say, would have Battle and Boxer. That's straightforward. That's uh, punchy. And he, in fact, had that one uh, boxing fight with uh, Foxy. Uh, Zoro, I know you guys are expecting six samurai, but no. I went with armed samurai Ben K uh, and a deck built around uh, warriors and equips because uh, armed samurai Ben K's thing is that if you throw a whole bunch of equips on him, it gets stronger and stronger uh, because it gets an extra attack each time. So I think that that fits Zoro you know, fighting with a bunch of swords. Three swords, yeah, fits well. Uh, Nami, I went with Watts. Watts are a thunder archetype that have a very indirect uh, strategy. They do stuff to shut down the opponent's attacks while uh, attacking directly. Uh, and I figure that that fits both with Nami's you know, sneaky style as well as the fact that her climb attack uses thunder attacks. Sanji, I went with Cook Pal, which is an archetype that unfortunately is only in the anime. So it's a little bit cheating. Frankie, I went with Geargia, which is a machine archetype, enough said. Robin, I went with rituals with a folk with a featured role for uh, Manju of the Ten Thousand Hands and Senju of the Thousand Hands because herdy her. Uh, Chopper, I went with a newer archetype called Zodiacs, which is cute animal girls that have massive weapons. And uh, Zodiacs, Zodiac, because it's they're based on the twelve animals of the Chinese zodiac, but they're also animal girls, so Zodiac. We're and, uh, Brooke, I went with Jins, which are these musical Xyz monsters that Yuma used, uh, later on in, our, in, uh, Zexel. I figured it would, would have been, uh, it wouldn't have actually been fitting to use zombies for him because, you know, he didn't, he wasn't always a skeleton man. Yeah. 
He used to just sweet. be a dude with sweet ass afro. Hmm. So there you go. Uh, and lastly, there is also a question for Chris. <gasps> Why haven't you set your Flame of Record co- collection to the Graveyard of Books, a.k.a. Half Price Books, or set it on fire? Uh, I'm honestly not 100% positive what I did with them. I'm nice. I feel like at the time, I don't have them anymore or else they would have been sold, but I think what happened is I had all those books at that time. I had my manga collection. Then we got evicted from the house, and I basically grabbed the ones that were important to me and left. So I probably just left Flame of Brickett behind. Or I gave it to my friend Frank. Uh, either way, I don't have them anymore. Mm-hmm. All right. Go to our next questions here. This is from Moss. Two, why rule when you can roll with T? That didn't work out as well as I would have hoped. Uh, uh, don't. Give yourself more credit. That was all right. Yes. Uh... Question here is, as support for WMR is hopefully growing, would you guys consider a possible expansion of the roster? Um, basically, he's asking if we'd ever want to have like a B-show squad or a CISO squad to create possible content for WMR, like Infamous Plants, Visual Editions, or, or anything like that. Um, I think that's a question that uh, what doesn't really merit consideration until we become much... and, and, and until if and when we become much, much bigger than we currently are, honestly. It's it's certainly a possibility, but it's nothing that would be something we would be able to look into. It's not something that we, we have our sights set on right now, because, for one thing, I'm pretty happy with the arrangement that we've got right now, and uh, in order to justify having more people, we would need to be a much bigger operation. Uh-huh. So, But no, I thank you for the, the question. It's something... It's something to at least have an, on the docket to consider. So, thank you. All right, this next one comes from AJ. Uh, in defense of Katori. <laughs> this isn't really so much a question as, come on, guys, don't be so mean to Katori. So. <laughs> well, AJ asks, do we actually find Katori to be a boring and poorly written character? And the answer to that is no. No, I, I, it, just don't like her. <laughs> It's mostly partially on the joke that she's such a dislikable character, and in the backstory, the one who had the most, like, admirable growth wasn't her. So, I'm sure she will get her moment, and it, you know, she did obviously change from it. Part of the reason we shit on her so much is just because it's it's become the joke. And, you know, we give her a Gruntilda voice and shit like that, but no, I don't think she's, like, an awfully written character or anything like that. She was just, <laughs> she was just very dislikable, and... We kind of rolled with that, but I, I, I know that she she has shown that she's going to make improvement. You can li- you can dislike a character without thinking that they're a bad character. Yes. In fact, that is, I mean, that's kind of required for a lot of villains. So yeah. Okay, next up. Ah, all right. This question is from Jack Lebrano. It says, "Dear that guy with the glasses in Lord Hipstar." I kind of like that title, Hip Star. Hope you're having a happy Thanksgiving, or at least I hope you have had time. God damn, that's you. pretty close. <laughs> yeah, great. First, if either of you could have a quirk from anyone in the series, student, teacher, doesn't matter, which one would you have? Um, I mean, having Yao Rosas is pretty good. Like, the ability to essentially be a 3D printer everywhere you go. That's pretty, pretty great. Sweet. Yeah. Um... I kind of like Ida's, too, like the ability to just run really fast. I always kind of think that was like a fun power. I don't know if I'd want to have the literal engines in my legs, though. 
Um, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else whose power I really envy that much, or think like, oh, that'd be cool to have. Uh, I could be, I could just be boring and say Aizawa. Must be the canceler. Be like, no, fuck you. <laughs> but, but if you're the only one with powers in that universe, and your power is to neutralize, and I powers, always will be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what if every, Chris? What if everyone on the Earth has quirks, but they're just all Izawa's quirks? Oh, or your power is so powerful you've suppressed them all, and nobody realizes it. Mm, God, but yeah. Uh, if not that, you know, um, maybe I'd also take. Uh, you know, actually, like, Kaminari's power. Not Kaminari. Um, Kirishima? But, uh, yeah, but I'm just going to say Tetsu Tetsu, because the name's funny to say. Tetsu Tetsu's power would be pretty sweet to have. Basically be Colossus, without the explosion. Oh, okay. Uh, second, there's an ongoing fan theory of Kaminari actually being the traitor, like saying he's been playing dumb this whole time just to avoid suspicion off of him. Um, personally, I feel that Hage Curry is the traitor seeing what perfect role for a spy to have a student then whose costume literally states she has nothing to hide. What are your thoughts? Okay, you said we've, I know we've, that, uh, we've gotten several questions I, about why each individual student is like the possible traitor. I mean, uh, I know that uh, Teching uh, has made it a running thing in his uh, videos because he's gone from doing Bleach to doing uh, My Hero Academy each week, and uh, his, his uh, big thing is that he thinks that Kaminari is the traitor. And I know, yeah, it is a it's a pretty popular fan theory out there that it's it's him, but. I mean, at this point, like, there's no reason to really suspect one over any of the others. Uh, I think that that's something that's really being played close to the chest by Horikoshi-sensei. It's, the Uh, the whole, like, there's a a mole in the academy is really, like, the hype around it's really a fan, like, a reader-created thing. Because it's not like it's become, like, it's never like a, a chapter ends with somebody being like, who is the mole in our student, okay, like the, our students or the, the school? Like, it's been brought up a couple times, but it's not the dramatic focus of the story at all. Mm-hmm. It's just an element that's there that people, like, are theorizing and guessing on. So, well, that's not, that's, that's, I mean, they did, uh, the, st- the teachers, uh, and staff after, uh, the big, uh, after Bakugo was kidnapped did say, like, it seems as though there might be a mole. Oh yeah, no, no. I, I'm saying that they, they've they've stated it in the series that there is a mole within it, but the characters themselves, like especially our main cast, it has never been something that they've talked about. Like it's never like Deku ends a chapter being like, "Wait a minute, was Ida just coming out of there because he's the mole?" Like they're never playing like red herrings. They're never giving you anything to really suspect people. Mm-hmm. All the evidence people has is kind of like just you know extrapolated thought or people saying like oh hey notice this person isn't here in this scene that that could be significant like they're they're picking up on the background clues essentially it's me the whole time <laughs> i've heard people think say it's Manita. i think we may have I, one in here about Manita. i think that's just because they hate him so much though yeah <laughs> i knew the fact like a big enough pervert you'd be too scared to come into my room where peter uh, and third question, did you hear they're already going to create a spinoff from My Hero Academy called Illegals? Would either of you be interested yes. in reading that? I have heard about that. What is it? It's it Basically, it's their take on uh, vigilante heroes. Uh, okay. Characters that are vigilantes for various reasons. Either they're too violent to be heroes, or they don't trust in the system, or they're just fanboys 
her getting carried away, uh, trying to emulate All Might and uh, stuff like that. Um, and I think that there's a cast of four, and each of them have like a different motivation. One of them, it, like, um, one of them, like, steals from the criminals that they take down. Uh, so, and I, I, I only read like the pilot chapter. Uh, I didn't, I haven't read the quote unquote main series, which I think is up to two or three chapters because I think it's a monthly. Um, it's interesting. Um, but I'm not sure if it's something that I'll loyally keep up with. Yeah, if it, if it got an official translation, I'm, I'm sure I'd check it out. Absolutely. Like it showed, if it showed up in, uh, and jump as one of the special bonus chapters, then yeah, absolutely we would cover it. Thank you for the questions. Next up, this comes from The Hero of Tomorrow. Hey, Nick and Chris and Rolo. Uh, I actually haven't been a fan of Weekly Monk Recap until recently, uh, but I did catch a few episodes of, t- of t- on TigWitig, and I've been... Uh, I feel like I've, I've been mis- I've been binging your old episodes, and now I know why I was missing. With that intro out of the way, this is a question for Nick. I found this show through Red Right to Left. When is Red Right to Left coming back? Okay, I know you're new. So... You get a pass this time. Please stop asking that question. <laughs> okay. Okay. It'll come back if it comes back. I know. I know that someone else is going to ask that question eventually. Please stop asking. That person. Those of you, those of you who know better, know better. Got it. <laughs> I'll go ahead and read the next one, too. Go for it. Uh, I don't think that there's a name on this one. That's one quick. Hello once again, Chris, the leader of a rock gym for a day, Rolo, t- and owner of the Dragon of Time Dialga, Nick, why Rolo of Time? I feel like I get the much better deal in that one. I mean, I did think you're the leader in the starter gym. I get Dialga. For a day. He also notes I'm only gym leader for a day. Although, I do, think it'd be pre- for. I do think it'd be pretty sweet to be the leader of a rock gym. I could build a, a team off that. Yeah, not not all of them were like set in massive quarries. You could design like uh, what Roxanne, you know, a Roxanne Blue. Well, she was the first gym leader. I know, but I'm just. <laughs> is thinking. there a first? Is there a first gym leader who is good? I like Brock. Um, yeah, Falcor sucked. No, Faulkner. I don't even remember who the fourth one was. Uh, that, that was, was um, book, I think. The fourth one was the son yeah, of Bork, the wasn't it? Roark, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the the Gen Five, it was the three triplets, but then it became Sharon in Black Two, White Two, and I think in X and Y it's Berg. It's the no, bug it's guy. The, yeah, it's the bug. It's the bug guy. I thought it was a girl. I thought it was a sister. No, Berg is Berg is a guy. Oh, all those impure thoughts I've had about him. Then that's 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 unrotary. Anyway, what are the questions? Yeah, let me let me look at this. Uh, X and Y bug gym, right? Yeah. Oh, Viola. Right. Okay. There you go. Yeah, I'm that the ph- photographer girl. Right. I'm not crazy. Berg is in uh, Gen Five. That's what I was thinking. Of. Okay. I don't. I, I haven't played either Gen Five. Six, so forgive me. No, I, I, it's understandable. Didn't, didn't like the way that they were like, we can't actually make a good city, so here, guys, just have this double XP item. We know that you're going to grind it. 
Like, that's so fucking lazy, and I was so enraged when that happened. Uh, anyway. Um, questions. <laughs> One, <laughs> what did you think of Grim Joe's battle? That was forgettable until I heard that Grim Joe had never become a Vastalorde and was, in fact, still in a Juchess. This, in my mind, explained a lot about his character. The simple fact he could never gain the power he wanted and become strongest made his backstory not good, but at least made it memorable to me. The thing that I thought was more notable about that uh, than the fact that he never became a Vastalorde was they explain uh, that because he's got his crew of Fraxion uh, before all of them became uh, Arankar. And they're actually offering themselves to him because they realize that he's literally the only one among them who has the potential to become a Bastelorde. And so they actually say, like, eat us so that you can continue on your path, become a Bastelorde, and become stronger. And, of course, we know at this point that he didn't do that. He kept all of them around until they all became Arankar together. So I thought that that was actually something that was really interesting about him, was that they literally were offering their lives to him so that he could advance, and instead he valued their lives for whatever reason enough to keep them around. I don't remember shit about that Grim Dropback flashback, so... Well, yeah, I mean, um, in a general sense, yeah, I agree, though. It's kind of forgettable, because all you really see is, like, there's Grim Jow as a cat going around eating people. <laughs> Um, but that was literally like the one detail that I took home from the whole thing was that uh, he didn't eat his Frexion, who then died anyway. Tragic. Number two, the reason why I asked this question is because of all the questions that came out of that back, such as why does getting a bitten, like getting a chunk of being out of you, stop you from evolving? Why do they devolve if they don't eat it, essentially? And how it takes multiple small weak hollows to turn into Gillian. So how do they turn to Gillian? And if you eat a thousand hollows and milk gets stronger and further... How- how the fuck do they know all this? <laughs> that is a very good point. How the fuck do you... Act? Because, yeah, they established that a Gillian-class Minos is, yeah, built from thousands of hollows piling on top of each other. And then the strongest Gillian can become a Juchus. <laughs> there were apparently a fuck ton of hollows because there are a lot of Arankar, and I think literally the only one... Well, no, there were there were a couple that were Gillians. Wait, so um, how many? It's a thousand hollows. A thousand p- hollows piled on top of each other can transform into a Gillian class min- uh, Minos Grande. Did they ever number uh, how many Gillians had to kill each other to then become an Atricar? They did not. Because uh, I'm but, almost wondering if you did the math on that, you'd been like, "This is more people than have ever existed in time." Because, but uh, they did, but you know. Each of the Espada, save for Araniero, were at least a Juju's class, Manos, uh, before they became Arankar. And seemingly most of Grimjaw's followers were also a Juju's class. So, I don't know, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that that whole thing about how uh, Gillian Manos were originally designed, uh, kind of came back by Kubo, and uh, that dreaded... Uh, <laughs> he needed to em- employ the uh, rewrite, and uh, didn't really have that option. Uh, our next question doesn't have a name attached to it, unfortunately. Nope. It's a short one, though. Can Kubo lend Asuken to any other mangaka? Imagine him showing up in One Piece, Jojo, My Hero Academia, be comedy gold. Uh, 
I don't know if he'd work so well in JoJo, because his nah. big thing is being the guy who points out, like, the craziness of things and, like, the mechanics to how things works. That would just and, be his, like, full-time job. Like. Well, that, it, it would also be, like, in JoJo, that's not how things go, because generally you don't run into the enemy stand user until you found them. Like, that's the challenge, like, find them before their stand kills you. So he wouldn't be able to comment on, like, how, oh, I should explain how my powers work now, because that's what we're doing back and forth. I think he'd be funny in One Piece, though. Especially yeah. since that's an entire world of insanity. I think it'd be great, you know, like, uh, we're getting something akin to that with, well, maybe if he had something like a Caesar Clown have a role, you know? A defeated villain that they ended up taking along with while. Yeah, I could see that. It'd be fun to imagine that. It's fun to dream, as they say. But, yeah, there's plenty of characters that are somewhat similar to that, but his style of doing it specifically, I think, would be interesting. Uh, next up, we've got a question here from Andre Golden. Dear Why the Ruler of Bleach and Zombie Powder Tea, I can't think of any good Bleach questions, so I ask you to see what your favorite Bleach openings were. Oh, we already actually answered this. I, think I gave a big, long ranking of all the openings, so I'll go I, ahead and I, move on to this one. I, yeah, I think that. Do you want to do this I, one then, too? Yeah, I'll go ahead and do it. It's sure. from Satellite of Love. Dear Chris and Nick, to address why some squads in Rotary have three members instead of four, it has to do with the limitations of the operator. Not all of them can handle the information input, and it screws with coordination. Fair enough. Plus, the only agents that would be viable for recruitment are the more talented C ranks. Having four members for the sake of it probably isn't as effective as feasible. Uh, that's the... At least that's how I see it. Also, I like to think that whoever made the rules for the rank wars thought, fuck it, sometimes agents are going to be outnumbered, deal with it. Which is... <laughs> I mean, a realistic way of, do, of doing it. Yeah. If you go into real battle, it's not always going to be fair. Point. Uh, questions. Do either of you guys smoke, or used to smoke, or thought about smoking at one point? Chris? Yeah, as I say, I don't think you smoke at all, but... Uh, I do not smoke anything. I don't smoke I, cigarettes. I, I, I don't inhale. I don't inhale. I, uh... I don't. I don't smoke cigarettes. I've smoked cigarettes before, but I, I think I've I've grand total. And I still occasionally will smoke a cigarette, but it's in very rare situations. I probably have like at most two cigarettes a year, if even that. Um, I smoke cigars now a little bit. It's something I picked up back basically when I went down to Tampa, and I still smoke those every so often. But it's it's a social thing. I don't smoke like alone or anything like that. I still use my e-cig actually. I I do that. Um, but I mostly do that as, like, a calming mechanism. Like, even before I ever smoked, period, I used to pantomime smoking, and I still do, hmm. whenever I get kind of stressed out. It's just a way for me to, like, kind of... There's, like, there's something, like, kind of therapeutic to the motion of smoking, because you're focusing on the breathing of it, like, and then breathing out. So it's something, like, with doing that, it is kind of like a stress reliever. So I, I, I smoke to a certain extent, but I, I don't smoke tobacco, really. Um, cigars every so often, and then e-cig uh, occasionally. Mostly, it's just a stress reliever. And if you're talking about sure. mar- if you're talking about marijuana, that is illegal in my state still. So no wink, wink, wink. <laughs> nudge, nudge. <laughs> I will say that um, in terms of like using something as a common mechanism that that everyone can relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, now that you know, since we've used. Uh, videos for the podcast. I'm sure people notice that there will be times when I'm, you know, sitting there and over the course of two, 
three hours, uh, there are points where I start to nervously fidget, and I'll be, like, scratching at my face and stuff. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. So, I, I totally understand, like, having, even if you're not actually smoking, making the motion of smoking to calm down, because it gives you something to focus on. Yeah. I'm honestly curious what, like, habits of ours people have noticed since we've moved over to video. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, thank you for the question. No. Uh, we have another one here. This is from, oh man, this is a very, uh, a, a name I know I'm just going to screw up here. He says, aka Mark1246, Mauricio Suervo? Mauricio Cuervo. Cuervo? Alright, there we go. So Nick and Chris, you finally hit the uh, 850 milestone. Congratulations, you have to review Air Gear. May God have mercy on your soul. So. Well, we made it, so there you go. Uh, Basically, a question here. I've seen so many fights done in the past. He brings up the fact that he hated the battle of Icky versus Sora at the end of Air Gear. Um, the, the fight, you know, was, uh, was hyped up and criticized all you want. The fight before the last fight with Kazuma and Nike from Air Gear was actually a really good fight. So my question to you guys is, what other series have you read that you were let down by the final fight? And what fight did you enjoy more in the series that you chose? <laughs> Well, uh... <laughs> it, I, I don't want to, like, go into it again, but if you count it, I mean, again, Ice Shield 21, if you consider matches fights, that's, you know, uh, I, basically the Ojo fight and the the Naga fight and even the Seibu fight were, like, my favorites in the series, and I consider those better than, like, the three that came afterwards. Um, um we forget... Bleach had a lot of good ones too, but I mean that's that last that last Bleach fight was not very good though. Yeah, well that's why I mean like it was a shitty final fight, but I I don't know if I can count that because it was kind of shitty because it got cut short. Mm Hmm. Um. Naruto was kind of disappointed by, but the one before it was even worse. Yeah, it was like a it was like a train of worse fights before it. Like uh, Mm -hmm. Naruto versus Sasuke wasn't that good. Or Naruto and Sasuke versus Kagi was awful. Oh, but Naruto and Sasuke versus Madar was pretty bad. All right, Naruto and Sasuke versus Tobi kind of blew too. <laughs> so we'll give that one a pass because that because Naruto versus Sasuke out of those last five was actually the best yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, like I can't remember what the final fight in Kenshin was. It's that forgettable. The last arc of Kenshin's kind of a weird one. Yeah, I don't think I have another really good answer for that off the top of my head. I know, there might be some JoJo ones in there, but even then, I think most of the fights in JoJo, like the final ones, are usually pretty good. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I have a really good answer for this one off the top of my head, unfortunately. Alright. Okay. Uh... Um... We've got a couple of questions here from the same guy who, let me see if he signed either of these. Oh, yeah, God, he's got three animals in a row here. <laughs> I don't think he actually put his name on any of them. Well, that's unfortunate. I don't think he did. Okay, <laughs> start with email one of three then. Hello, Nick. You really think I rule over time, and in fact I rule over stopwatches since they measure time. <laughs> It's <laughs> pretty funny. Uh, and Chris, rolling, rolling, rolling on the river. Insert the rest of the song here if you want. I shall not. I know this is too late. Go ahead. I, I was just saying, I shall not. All right. I know this is too late for Bleach Month, 
blame procrastination and laziness, but here we are. How do you guys think Bleach would be if Chad had the power of One Punch Man? You mean of Saitama, I guess? <sighs> um, well, Chad would get to do more, presumably. <laughs> he, he would not have been beaten by fucking, uh, what's his name? Uh, Norita. Morita? Norita, Noritira, SP, uh, no, Spotify. Yeah, Spotify. Right. Uh, second, if Cuba was to give Ichigo's remaining friends powers, what do you guys think that they would be? And for Chris's benefit, these are Ichigo's powerless friends. Well, the ones that are somewhat memorable. Tatsuki Arisawa, Mizuhiro Kojima, Keigo Sano, and Chizuru Hancho. God, you just bring up this point that it really bothers me. Like, the fact that it really, really seemed like those first three were actually going to get powers, and then they were just dropped. <laughs> uh, I was th- sort of saw Tatsuki as having kind of, uh, like lightning-based powers, like, uh, she would use them in conjunction with her martial arts. I don't know why lightning springs to mind, but, that, but it does. Uh, I think Mizuru would be something of a trickster, given the random fire bombs that he was throwing whenever Aizen attacked them. <laughs> uh, and Keigo... Keigo's a tough one, because he's a cowardly character, so I don't know exactly what kind of powers would fit for him. He could have, like, uh, he could almost be like a proxy battle killer. He has some kind of, like, summoned beast or something that fights for him. So that's... I, I, I almost feel like it would be something that, like, uh, his powers can't work if he runs away. Uh, he has to use them to confront some something directly, so he can't just leave something behind in order to run away. Okay. I almost feel that that would be more appropriate. But I'm not sure exactly what you would do. Uh, and uh, also, second question, if Rihime isn't a full... She got her powers because Ichigo's with the, the washed off on her and wake, awakened her latent abilities. Slash, it was the fact that they, she was near the Hogyoku. Look, stuff got retconned, and that is why Fullbringers actually exist and why that's the explanation for Chad's power, okay? It, 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 nothing actually needed to fit into these neat little categories at the start of Bleach. It's something that he ended up adding later. So don't worry about it. It's it's Kubo's <laughs> fault, not yours. You don't have to make it fit because he failed to actually address it properly. There you go. All right. Next email from this mysterious writer. Hello, Nick. You can't outlast the ruler of time. And Chris, you don't get a song this time because I was too lazy to think one up. Which is <laughs> such a shame because people always go with the easy ones, like rolling into deep and shit like that. There's so many good ones you could go with. Boom, I'll come up with one right now. I got friends in Rolo places. Boom. <laughs> Great one. All right. Do you guys think it would be funny if Pudding had the exact kind of personality that Sanji couldn't stand? I'm not sure what kind of personality mm. Sanji can't stand that would be funny. Like, his thing with women tends to be he only dislikes them if they prove themselves to be, like, detestable morally. Because otherwise, the only thing that makes him stop liking women is that they're ugly. Or men. Yeah. So... I don't know if you could. I don't know if there's something putting could do that would make it so it would be funny that Sanji doesn't like her. Um, do you guys think a giant could join the Strahds, or do you see General Frankie fills that role since it allows Frankie to be able to fight giants? Yes, I think that's kind of the role Frankie's going to eventually be built up for um, because there's some kind of like uh, logistical 
mechanics behind having a giant in the crew. Although, a giant is one of Luffy's, like, subordinates now. Yeah, but on his own special giant-friendly ship. <laughs> yeah, so there is that. But, I mean, there is a member of Blackbeard's crew that's the size of a mountain. So, somebody's presumably going to have to fight that guy. I'm just imagining Frankie strapping on the, the fucking Scout Patrol uniform from Attack on Titan and, and fucking Spider-Manning his way through the air to cut through it. I, in my mind, I just imagine, because Otis, I, the thing was for a long time, Otis said if he, do, he was going to do another series, it'd be a robot manga. I imagine that's what Frankie is, is just his way of getting that out. So I would not be surprised if Frankie just doesn't get like a Gundam eventually at one point. And, like, it's a full-size, like, you know, enormous, like, city-tall gun. He does have, like, an exosuit thing currently, doesn't he? Yeah, that's and that's what we're referring to with General Frankie, but I think it could even get bigger oh, right, than right. that. Because I think General Frankie right now is essentially, like, uh... General it's, like, truck-sized as opposed to... Yeah. Yeah, like, we could get one that would essentially be, like, you know, enormous. So, yeah, it's possible. Uh, with the le- revelation... Obviously, obviously, we just need to do... They just need to do docking f- seven again. <laughs> Uh, with the revelation about Sanji's family coming to light, do you guys think we'll find out about any other Straw Hats families who we know nothing about? Uh, very possible. I, I said, I think the one major one I will probably find out about is, uh, Zoro. I think that's the most likely candidate. Since most of the other characters, it was either delved into in their backstory, or we've kind of already explored it. Um, or it's not important. The only exception to that is the next question after is, do we guys, do we think Luffy's mother is alive? Um, it's Maybe. possible. I, I don't know. I mean, Ace's mother was essentially like handled in a flashback anonymously, and maybe we'll get another flashback to kind of give her some depth, but uh, who knows? They could do the same thing with Luffy's mom for all we know at this point. He has a mom, basically. He uh, considers... Oh, and I'm going to forget her name. Uh, the Makino? No, the bandit who raised him. Um... Oh, I'm forgetting her name right now. One Piece, Luffy, Mom? <laughs> uh, no, it's not Maki, no. Curly Dadon. Yeah, I think that's it. Dadon. The red, the red-headed one. Yeah, so I could, I could see that happening. Um, and maybe that's just considered his mom. Like, even though he'll have a real biological mom, that's who he considers his mom, more or less. Uh, after that, what ways do you think, do you two think that Buggy could improve his Devil Fruit abilities? We got sort of a hint about it when he made his appearance, uh, some time back, where he was wearing the weird kind of cloak thing. It seemed like he used his split ability to just kind of carry a cloak to make himself look bigger by, you know, splitting his arms apart in order to spread it out. So, I get the feeling it's going to be somehow related to that, like he'll... Uh, carry something between his split limbs in order to fight. I could definitely see that. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if we also see, because he, he had that, like, he turned himself into, like, a car at one point, like, to, like, move people around during the water, or the uh, Enos Lobby arc. Not Enos Lobby. Uh, Impel Down. And I feel like that might be a possibility, too, where we see him just using, like, weird shape-shifting, essentially. Be a possibility. Hmm. Uh, what do you guys think One Piece will be? As I just note, Oda said it's an actual physical thing, so please guess. A super poneglyph. <laughs> uh, I think I feel like I've done uh, brought this up on a, a prior Q and A, but I'll go through it again. Uh, I think One Piece is the name of the kingdom 
that was where the uh, ancient kingdom was from that got erased in the void century by the world government. Um, I think that's the actual name of it. Uh, just based off the idea that there have been these weird naming conventions before, Punk Hazard, Thriller Bark, One Piece kind of fits in with that. And everyone's kind of encouraging people, like Gold Roger's like, find One Piece. And, uh, you know, everyone's saying, like, it exists to go find it, yet people don't come back with treasure. I feel like it's a way to, like, get people there to get the truth out. Because maybe for some reason Gold Roger wasn't able to just state what happened there. So I, I feel like it's going to be an actual physical location as opposed to, like, a thing or a treasure or a weapon. Uh, do we think we'll see Vivi again, and will she interact with the Straw Hats again? Yes to the first question, because we already have, and very likely yes to the second question as well. Mm. Uh, so the next possible Straw Hat join, do we think that maybe we'll be an old lady to be the grandma counterpart to Brooke? Uh, no. I don't see it, if only because there's no real candidate for that, so it would be hard to say. And mm. for the heck and anyway, And anyway, the next one to join is going to be Jinbei. So there. Yeah. Do you guys think Carrot will join the Straw Hats or just travel with them for a while? Probably just going to travel with them for a little while. Yeah, she she needs some real depth, more or less, to be a candidate. As it is right now, she's just a you know kind of interesting and funny character, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. And a third email. Hi, Nick. Una is dead, never coming back. Unless Kuba somehow makes a spinoff that is based around reviving her. <laughs> and Chris, stop saying Rebecca will be an important character, because she won't, since she keeps popping up and seems to be a possible love interest for Asta, so she won't be an important character. <laughs> Obviously, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, oh, there we go. We actually did get a name. It's Blazer. Yeah, Blazer. No, he just says... Remember pronouncing what? It's spelled Blazer, but pronounced Blazer. Gotcha. If you're wondering, the other two emails that were unsigned, the one being about bleach questions, the other became after bloggers. So here are some questions that you two should find more fun, hopefully. For one, would you two rather go on a Pokemon adventure or get sucked into the digital world? Pokemon adventure, because then you can go home. Yeah, Pokemon adventure, 100%. Uh, in addition to just, you know, Pokemon's kind of more, honestly. Uh-huh. Uh, out of the Devil Fruits we've seen, which ones would you choose to have? Which ones? Or maybe it's just one for each of us, though. Hmm. I think I'd want to go... I- I'm going to not be, like, the lame person who picks a Logia fruit, because I feel like those are pretty, like, obviously the ones you'd want to take, because they're the strongest. I want to, like, try to uh, restrict myself to Paramecia a little bit. And I'm trying to think of, like, what would be the really, like, a really fun Paramecia fruit to have. Um... Hmm. hmm. Bellamy's fruit would be really fun. The spring-spring fruit. You're able to bounce mm-hmm. places everywhere, getting where you want, basically. That'd be a really fun one. Um, I can't do Capone, because that requires me to have friends who I could send inside of me. <laughs> <laughs> all these all these friend-requiring fruits, goddammit. Yeah, I think, I think the big one I'd go with would be Bellamy's. I think that's, like, the fun, most fun one in my mind. Hmm. Okay. I'm not really sure what I would go with, honestly. Mm. Which quirks would you two choose to have? Well, we just did this one. We just did that. Uh, Chris, based off of Nick's last name, what, what power would you give him? Off of my last name? Yeah. So, so off, mm. of, off of that, I have an answer for this one. Uh, because the easy thought would be like, oh, well, you just do something with free. Like, you know, Nick has, like, a power to, like, I don't know, like, fly. Like, freedom in the air. Air gears kind of shit. Or, like... Ability free people. And I was like, no, because that's not the only part of Nick's name. It's free 
man. So, Nick, I gave you the power. It's called Dude Meister. And you have the quirk ability to grow out your magnificent mustache at, at will. And your strength and endurance multiply a dozen times over in proportion to the size of that mustache. Also, so basically, also, you're making, so go ahead. you smell of pine forests and mountain air. You are the Dude Meister. It sounds like you're basically making me into Boba Bo. <laughs> uh, well, I was kind of taking a little bit of inspiration from Samson from the Bible, but yeah, Boba Bo 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 he has one here, then Nick, what power would you give Chris based off his last name? Well, this is going to be a little bit difficult to not do, choose a lame answer on because, uh, you, your, your last name is, is Larios, which is, uh, an anglicized, uh, of, uh, Los Rios, which means the rivers. Um, <laughs> that brings to mind something very specific, so. <laughs> um, but, I would give you the power to stand in defiance of the current and feast upon it. I, I, I would give you all the powers of a bear. Oh, Well, hold on, wait, because I was about to say, you started getting me really excited. I'm trying to remember that fucking, uh, uh, the Captain America quote. Where it's like, you're gonna plant, you plant yourself, yourself as a, like a tree, tree of truth by the river of freedom. Yeah, by the river of truth. Until the whole world, no, you move. Cause I was like, oh my god, Nick, you found it! It's like, Jesus Christ, Cap, you sound like a fat. Say that. <laughs> oh man. I think that's the last question. For me. Yes. Uh, questions here then. I. Don't see a signature here, so I can't give gonna you a credit. Be right back. I'm going to see if this works. Sure. Uh, we got some questions here from uh, an individual. Didn't put a name here. It says, hello, why ruler of the podcast in time and Rolo, known committer of regicide tea. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what I did to commit regicide. Did you kill a king at some point? <laughs> Uh, you know what? In probably one of my Let's Plays, I, did, I don't I don't remember anymore. It's possible. Who knows? Uh, happy whatever month it is. Probably October. Very close. Question one. Kishimoto stayed after Naruto. He wanted to do a sci-fi series, which would be cool. Kind of surprised Kubo hasn't announced anything similar yet at the time we write this. What genre do you think he would do really well writing and why? I'm thinking Western. I think Koopa would be really good at doing, like, a high school manga, but with a heavy horror element. Because it's kind of clear he, he can write, like, kind of dark and creepy weird things, and he's always kind of seems like he's wanted to go more graphic in it. But at the same time, he does have the ability to write, like, characters in a normal setting interacting. So I feel like if it was, like, a regular high school series, but there was just a horror element to it, I don't know how you'd make that, like, a, a long-running series, but I feel like that'd be something you'd be really good at. I think that um, he actually, around the time that he did Zombie Powder, he did uh, like a one-off that was kind of like that. There you go. Take that. Um, did you have one? No. Okay. No. Question two. Not sure if you've already answered any suicide questions since the time of this writing, but 
uh, let's find out. Let's ask about Leto. What did you think of his Joker, and how would you rank him against the other live-action animated Joker performances we've had in the past? What is your favorite interpretation? I haven't watched Suicide Squad because I refuse to. It's awful. Um, Just terrible. I, I've heard some people... I, I hated the Joker in it. I, I didn't think he was good at all. I, I part of, A large part of it's the script. He doesn't have, like, a memorable scene within the movie. He doesn't have, like, the Heath Ledger, uh, let me show you a magic trick kind of moment, where you're like, oh, shit, that's what this kind of guy's about. Well, that movie was built around those moments, though. Yeah. There are, like, ten moments that gets to be super Joker. <laughs> but that's the thing, though, is that they had a moment that established what kind of Joker he was, too. Like, he's the serial killer, like, unhinged, like, mob boss. Not mob boss, but just, like, like very violent and forefront himself less of the jokester more of like a a deranged sociopath whereas with the jared leto one there isn't like a scene like that the closest thing you get is when he kills fucking a dude who called harley a bad bitch and even that's not really like given much depth i i didn't care for a minute but i think a large part of that is the script um i just didn't enjoy it uh, i consider it probably the worst joker i've seen but i know there are probably some worse ones out there i just haven't really paid that much attention to my favorite interpretation is the Mark Hamill version. I think his his voice for the Joker and that interpretation of Joker is always my favorite. Like I love Heath Ledger and I love Jack Nicholson, but like the Joker from the TV or the animated show who's like, you know, in a whoopee cushion, playfully placed at the seat of the Batmobile. Like that kind of like <laughs> silly over the <laughs> Yeah, like that silly but still intimidating Joker is my favorite. The Batman the animated series, Justice League, and even Batman Joker. I, I have to clarify the animated series version of the Joker because there are parts of Arkham Joker, which is also Mark Hamill Joker, that I think are okay, but it eventually kind of gets to a point where it's just kind of like, this is kind of, this is kind of getting a little bit too up its own ass. Uh-huh. So I have to clarify animated, animated series version Joker is my favorite, uh, DCAU version. Questions. Uh, yeah, it can be dark, you can be silly, uh, and you can both be both, like, go between the two of them at, at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Question three is not a question. I don't get this. Watch out, Nick. Chris is reaching, inching towards that internet knife. Because you're the... Oh! I get it! Because I'm the ruler of time, so he's warning me that you're going to assassinate me. Oh! That's, it all comes together. There we go. Man. I realize it's too late. <laughs> I got you. Question four. Fuck, Barry, kill, ask the Grimmy Big Mom. This is a weird collection. I have the answers here. Fuck, Big Mom, get some kids out of it, I guess. Might be a big, might be a good deal. Marry Grimmy, because it imagined us up like, you know, he has the ability to match up any kind of thing he wants, so I'd imagine he, like, imagines us into an upper-middle-class lifestyle. Like, not the top, because he can't think that far ahead, but it'd be a solid, like, comfortable life. And uh, I'd kill Asta because, uh, by default, I don't want to marry him, and I sure as fuck don't want to get intimate with him. So, it was kind of the only option. Oh, yeah, he'd want to take your anal virginity, because his... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's what he wants. (laughs) Because like, oh. love is more than just childlike ever. <laughs> it turns out there's a very creepy style to it. Oh, <laughs> uh, callbacks. Uh, fuck. Um, I think I would kill Grummy, Mary, Big Mom, and fuck Asta uh, while trying to kill all three of them, honestly. Boosh. Nailed it. Uh, I don't get this question. How many marshmallows could each of the current recap protagonists fit in their mouth? 
uh, Asta would win. I think um, Luffy would win. The, His cheeks. Yeah, you're right. He, I mean, he would. He, he would cheat. Uh, Asta would get second because he's got a giant ass mouth. And um, also, he he doesn't give up. Right. Uh, Yuma would probably lose because he wouldn't be able to fit uh, a marshmallow in through his duck's face. <laughs> Toriko would also lose because he would be too busy swallowing the marshmallows instead of trying to uh, fit them in his mouth. He'd just be like, oh, these are delicious. Emma's not in a really good place to be eating marshmallows right now. She's just too worried about her life. She's not taking part. And Deku, I guess, would be average. <laughs> Deku would probably break his cheeks. He'd go too hard. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, fucking Soma would eat one and then think of some weird marshmallow, like, mustard. He put it in his mouth out. and his, yeah, he put it in his mouth and his shirt would fall off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the final question here, Kubo, since he loves to copy Kishimoto, gets a Boruto-style spinoff. Uh... Who are the main kids, actually? Like, who are the offspring kids? And what shipping pairings are randomly slapped together? Is Haribo still in prison? I assume this this must have came in before the last chapter came out, because we actually found out right. who that is, you know. It did, because this is from uh, about midway through August. Yeah, yeah so I, it would have to be Katsuo and Ichika at this point. Uh, I, I considered that, and I was like, all right, those would two would be in there. So I was like, what would you do with the rest of it? So I came up with other pairings, and you just assume that their kids would be a part of it. So the antagonist right. of the series is Aizen's long-lost son. Because it's okay. just like, there's enough an, an, like anonymous time that Aizen could have potentially fathered a kid, and that could be his thing, like, my dad failed, but I will fail in his place. And, you know, you could, you could do some stuff like that. I will finish what you started. And I was like, there were some random-ass pairings in um, in in the Boruto like, universe now. In so Naruto, like, yeah. yeah. Like, so, like, like Choji and Karui. So one I had is Chad and Ruka. I was like, that'd be like a weird. That's pairing. not nearly as random as Karui and Choji. Though. No, it's, it's <laughs> they not. They were in the same. It's not that crazy, but I was like, there's no scene. I think of the two of them really spending time together, but I guess they could like bond together before bring shit. Um, or Haru and Yorichi would get together and they'd have a daughter because the daughter would still need to be able to turn into a cat, and obviously you'd want to go with like the sexy cat lady thing again. Uh, and then the last one, Ryu, I couldn't think of anyone to pair him up with, so he gets together with Corinne, which is kind of weird. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it happens. So, boosh. Those are the, those are the parries. And yes, Hollow Bell is still imprisoned in Taekwondo because everyone's to, forgotten about her. She's actually regained consciousness by this point. She just kind of occasionally goes, Hello? <laughs> Someone out there? Uh, God, this is a bad time to not need food or water. <laughs> yeah, I'll just go with your answers. That was pretty good. Uh, da, 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 da. Next is from Mike. Hogan, Nick, and Chris. Hope you guys are doing well. Love the show as always. Uh, Number one, have there ever been any manga series you wouldn't read for the show due to just being too well-known? It may seem silly, but I know some people, myself included, love to hear other people's opinions on series of the most famous stuff around, like Dragon Ball, FMA, Trigon, etc., etc., but some people wouldn't review such things because everyone already knows them. What are your stances? I understand that, um, and I think that there are some that we're, we ourselves are also like so familiar with that it will be kind of weird to have a discussion about them at some point. Like again, for you know Dragon Ball, but I, I don't know. I think that like the floodgates kind of opened earlier this year when we basically 
that <laughs> pretty much anything is fair game at this point. I mean, also, it's, like, of the group, I've never read Dragon Ball. I've only watched the Trigun anime, and I have read my uh, FMA, but, you know, it's been years since that happens. Those are all mm-hmm. possibilities, but, you know, and, and they absolutely could happen. And we've done popular series before, you know, like Soul Eater, um, Shaman King. Like, we've done very popular series before. It's not like we won't. Um, but remember that the recommendations aren't just, you know, to get us to talk about things. It's also to expand our knowledge and taste in manga. We, you know, we read stuff we maybe wouldn't otherwise. So I think it's rare that we'll do the big name stuff, if only because there's a lot of other stuff all around there that are also like valid candidates just the same. And sometimes you mm-hmm. find gems that you otherwise wouldn't because you, know, you, you didn't go with the biggest name stuff all the time. Number two. If you had to assemble a four-course menu for each show and jump protagonist, what would it be? Okay, no, I'm not. I'm so glad he qualified that with I'm not asking you guys that. That would be absurd, because I was, like, reading that the first time. I was like, I don't fucking know. I was like, can they all just have Toriko's menu? <laughs> Actual number two. Do you think sequel or spin-off series are a good thing, and can you think of any that you enjoyed? I'm having a tough time getting into Boruto these days, mostly due to me falling out of Naruto and Boruto being a really bad focus character when for us, or it looks much better, and she's a better character as a result, something I had never thought I'd say about the Uchiha. I will probably say Judge Desire Adventure would be a good candidate, but it seems like it's more of just an ongoing series with multiple protagonists as opposed to a sequel series. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I, I think that it, in a way, like... <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, series like JoJo and, yeah, Pokemon Adventure are all sort of, like, series that are all just kind of under the same umbrella of one series anyway. Yeah, I mean, the only way you could do a real spin-off with JoJo would be if you did a spin-off of a part with a focus on another character, which I think they have done right. in, like, novel form, like uh, Rohan Kisabe from Part 4, which is essentially just the manga cut in the manga itself with the stand. He's had, like, uh, short novels that are just, like, him and things like that. So I think those kind of count on that. But in terms of like a spin-off for a manga, there aren't many I could even think of. It's sort of something that's become a bit more prevalent just because many of the manga that we read are now ending and the mangaka are working on new series and there's kind of like a place to fill in like with Naruto to like have another sequel. But one spin-off I do remember that was kind of interesting was Law of Ueki Plus, which was the sequel to Law of Ueki. And with Law of Ueki was this series of very weird powers like people the main character had the power to turn trash into trees so long as he could fit the trash between his palms and there were all kinds of weird powers like that like i i could turn towels into steel as long as i hold my breath i could turn my forehead into diamonds so long as my hands are in my pockets it was a really weird series and then the sequel series came out and they found like a new way to have crazy you know stupid sounding powers in a different format. So it was the ability to have the power of something in the form of like an object. So the main character had the ability, the power of grabbing in the form of a mop. So we could like use the mop's bristles essentially as like uh, tendrils. And like one of the characters had the ability, the ability to duplicate in the form of a cheeseburger. So every time she ate a cheeseburger, she could like double her size or create a clone of herself or like double her speed. It was like there were really fun powers and things like that in it. So I remember liking that, although it, it definitely got canceled relatively quickly. I think it only got like 30 or 40 chapters. Still, it was fun. Hmm. All right. 
Let's go to questions here from, I believe, Ginger Straw Hat. Hey, hey, Z leader of ours, Nick, and the cause and uh, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems, Chris. He's making me an alcoholic. Uh, I know this question is pretty long and pretty random, but I'm going back to school next week for the first time in five years, and I wanted to push out a letter to the Q and A before then. So here we go. Good luck at school, sir. Question one. As of the writing, Black Clover has just wrapped up the Wider Temple arc. It was an alright arc, uh, and much better pacey, but my biggest problem with it was Asta. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to see if I can... My idea would be to give him an inferiority complex, something that would show that while many other people think Asta's perfect, Asta himself doesn't think he is perfect. I know it's not perfect, but would you guys, what would you guys try to do to make a more interesting Asta? It basically uh, has a, a, this, a talk on the, the point we kind of hit on most weeks when it comes to Black Clover of Asta kind of being too perfect or things not coming very hard to him and then having a bit of a Gary Stu element to him. Um, I don't know if Asta himself is the issue so much as the context of the universe that he is in. Too much of it seems to be based on you are weak and inferior, and then he punches them with his sword. Uh, I think that there needs to be a more complex presentation of his place in the universe, basically. I also, and I don't even think they need to do anything with him, because I feel like we got finally that glimpse a couple weeks ago where we found out that Asta himself does worry, or it doesn't worry, but is desperately trying not to reach that same state he was before he got the Black Grimoire, where he he kind of ha- everyone who detracted from him was proven right for a hot moment. Like knowing that that's something that weighs on him kind of does give him depth and something to work off of. Um, but yeah, I think it, it helps more if the world around him doesn't always have to kind of fold directly underneath him more than he himself needs to grow up because. You know, it's been brought up before. It's not like everyone in Jump has a big issue that they have to get through. I mean, Luffy doesn't have. Yeah, Luffy didn't go through any conflict in his life until Water Set or uh, Marineford came up and Ace died. So, you know, it doesn't have to be in there. Question two. This is kind of hard to put into written words, but I've always had this problem with fandoms wherever they take something really seriously when it's not meant to be taken seriously. For example, with One Piece when Gear 4 was unveiled, I remember lots of fans saying how it looked stupid and too silly. Well, forgetting that One Piece has always had a slight comedic tinge to its fights. Has this kind of reaction for fans ever bothered you two? Yes. Yeah, it happens. But to be fair, I think after a series has gone on for a while, you maybe forget that some of those elements are part of it. Like, there are times I forget how Toriko is meant to always be very silly. And it's always kind of like a knowing wink with how stupid some of the things it does are. You know, it, it's just a, a part of that where you maybe forget it as time goes on because you've gotten used to what you saw as the best parts of it while forgetting that it was a different series at one point or there are different elements that are still, you know, something the writer uses that you've just forgotten about. Uh, question three. One of Oda's greatest flaws is his inability to draw distinct women. Uh, I've seen many people try to point out this exactly as flaw because it's become the most pronounced. Some say he's never been good at drawing women. Others say it's a very recent thing. Some also say that it's very, something he's very much aware of and just can't change them, uh, change himself from doing it anymore. I wanted to ask, where do you guys think this trend started, and do you think Oda himself knows about the fan response and is aware of his inability to draw women that aren't Nami? Yes, he is aware of it, and he already actually answered this question, uh, I think even before we started doing Movie Manga Recap, by a couple of years with the Amazon Island, when he drew women of many different shapes and sizes. 
Yeah, I, I think more than anything, it just comes down to I wish he would draw women with more, like, unique, distinct facial things. Because it's not, like, look, I don't care if everyone has the exact same body type as Nami. Like, I know that's just what he does. I mean, the dude has a hot wife. It's not surprising he draws all women, like, absurdly sexy. You know, I, I get that. I just wish he would draw them more like the men. Because there's, there's a... I feel like with women characters for him, there's an extreme. They're either really, really attractive, or they're hideous hag monsters. Like, there's, there's very little in-between on that. And I think it'd be, like... If we could see more characters like Perona. A character who, still very attractive, but she has, like those very cartoonish and long eyelashes at the bottom. And it's something that immediately is very distinct. It adds to that element of, like, the gothic Lolita character, and you could just easily look at that and be like, ah, I know who that is. You know, because Oda has a great skill at adding very unique, goofy, and then, you know, characteristics to a character, their visual appearance, and then making them still look cool later on. I just wish he would do that more with his women, because a lot of the time they fall under one of those two categories nowadays, of, like, ugly hag monster, like, Miss Merry Christmas and Jewel and Big Mom, things like that, and then absurdly attractive characters. Uh, question four. I recently watched Tekken's video on this, but I don't think you guys have ever asked it yourself. I want to know what do you guys think One Piece is. We actually answered this just earlier in this episode. Mm-hmm. Five. I know absolutely nothing about wrestling, but I enjoy listening to you guys talk about it. One of the programs that Nick brought up from time to time is Lucha Underground. I've heard other people talk about it very positively, saying it's like the best possible version of wrestling. What are your thoughts on it, and do you think it's actually better than most of what the WWE presents? Chris, you're free to add in, too, if you have any thoughts on it. Best is subjective, um, but it is consistent, and it's a lot tighter, too, because it's only an hour-long show. Uh, so it's a lot easier to get through an episode of it than to sit through a live three-hour or two-hour or even four-hour for pay-per-views, uh, you know, WWE show. Um, it's got a consistent tone and, and style uh, to it because it's deliberately meant to be even is way more supernatural and uh, kind of grungier, I guess is a way of putting it. Which fits into the fact that it is a Lucha-style show. It's not like uh, American professional wrestling or Japanese-style uh, pro wrestling. wrestling. Uh, it's Lucha, and so the tone and the presentation of it fits that. Uh, it is considered to be like a wrestling fan's wrestling show, uh, so I think that the appeal of it is more niche. But uh, it's definitely good, but it's also not without flaw too. Uh, don't don't say like, oh yeah, you know, th- there no other wrestling is worth watching if you watch this. Um, that's something that I used to think about like uh, NXT back in the day when it was really gaining a lot of ground and it had a lot of you know hot new talent there now on the main roster of WWE, and then you kind of find out that a lot of it is based on it being a much more communal and smaller show. Mm-hmm. Uh, no wrestling show is the best wrestling show, like, uh, in an objective sense. There can be better and worse for different reasons and stuff, but, um, yeah. Alright, you uh, basically covered that on there. I have watched it, but uh, I didn't keep watching it, and I haven't really watched wrestling since then, so it's nothing against the product. One of the things that I don't like about it is the way that they shift between cameras, especially early on. So that was something that was really hard for me to get over, so... Uh, Nick, and maybe Chris, I know you're into metal music. Have you heard, ever heard of Austrian Death Machine? It's a Schwarzenegger cover quote band. <laughs> if so, what are some of your favorite songs? 
Uh, first heard about it uh, from uh, Spoonie like six years, six or seven years ago, big into the band. And uh, I, I was never a huge fan of it. I think some of the, the songs are really fun to listen to. But I've also really soured on it since I uh, learned that the singer behind this, the project is um, a monster. <laughs> yeah, I had that same issue. I always used to love the song Rooftops by a Libertarian Project, or I forget their exact name, but then I found out like the lead singer was a pedophile or something like that, and I was or like a sex offender, and I was like, oh, that really damages my ability to enjoy this song. All right. Mm. Sad, somber thought to leave that question on, but there's some good questions in there, so thank yeah, you, Yeah, like, the, well, the, the, the guy who behind us uh, serving a multiple-year sentence because he tried to hire a hitman to kill his wife. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, he, raging asshole, so... <laughs> yeah, that's pretty extreme. Uh, next up uh, comes from... Shockwave. What? Shockwave, 72. Shockwave, there it is, yeah. Dear, why rage is being directed of time and Rolo time for trivia. <laughs> Congrats on surviving the hell of Bleach's downfall. Drops confetti. Of course, guys. If Deku were to start reading a version of Shonen Jump that appears in his world similar to ours, except with no My Hero Academia, what series would he like the most, do you think? Would he, too, follow the path of God Usopp? Um, I think the series he would like the most would be Black Clover because he would love following Asta because it's a character no. that's just like him. He like well, it's a magicless character no. just like him. That the character will always succeeds, so I think he'd really like that. Nah, I disagree. Okay. No. Um, Are you just disagreeing, or do you have an op like an opposing thought? You're just like no. I don't think like, I. I really don't think you. I honestly think that he would really like Toriko. Uh, because Toriko is all about gathering people together and seeing the best in people. Um, in or and he, even, you know, his greatest moral enemies, he wants to, you know, to bring to the dinner table and have a meal with them. It's not specifically about, you know, going on a journey to save everyone. Uh, but I, I, I sort of feel as though he would look up to that type of character more. Okay. I can understand that. Uh, question two. For a while I've been debating between who was similar to who... Perhaps you two mighty warriors of podcasting can answer this one. Who is more like Rob Liefeld, and who is more like Frank Miller? Between who? I'm assuming he means, like, Magica. I, I don't know. I, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to even think of possible answers to that. Like, Frank Miller's thing is that he, he goes to extreme, he's kind of crazy, puts, like, a focus on trying to make everything mature. And I'm like, there's definitely people like that in the manga industry, but I don't know if there's more well, to that. Rob Liefeld's always about making everything extreme and making but the that's guys like, who that's are like That's like 90s sexualized. extreme. Yeah. And I don't know if that... That just didn't happen so much in the manga industry. I guess you could find the, the 90s version of manga tropes, but that would be a different sort of like beast. Hmm. I don't know if I have any good comparisons, honestly, for them. They're kind of exaggerations in and of themselves, who persist from the fact that, you know, after they succeeded at the start and started to get worse or worse, they still get jobs for that, that like name recognition, which I don't think happens as much in Japan. You know, if your series isn't popular, they don't just keep letting you have like stay in a magazine, basically. And uh, then we've got a bunch of fairy tale versus one. 
If Urza were to go up against Zoro, how long do you think because would last before Zoro would just finish her off? How many people of Fairy Tail would fall before Luffy's hockey blast? And could Levy and Lucy teamed up beat Robin and Nami? Absolutely not to that last one. Um, no, Robin's assuming they don't get let drop on them, Robin can basically like cripple them pretty easily. Yeah, just disable them immediately with her arms and yeah. Uh, Urza uh, would lose against Zoro, and I do think it would be not relatively easy. But I don't think she would last very long, because the big thing is that Zoro's not going to try to kill her, so she doesn't have to, like, gather friendship power to save her. Right. <laughs> so she can't do that, so she would just have to rely on swordsmanship, which Zoro is superior in, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, then there's the fairy tale one. Well, fairy tales are a really big group, so a lot of them would yeah, just it, collapse before Luffy. So it would it basically be everyone except for like the top eight characters in fairy tale, more or less. Uh-huh. And finally, Beerus, the god of destruction, versus Saitama, the guy, the caped baldy. Saitama. It's the joke. Like Saitama beats That's everybody one yeah. piece. So yeah. even Beer, even Beerus, god of destruction. Yeah. All right. All right. This is from Yid. Uh, Dear Chris, roll me into my grave so you can let me down one last time, Kubo T. Larius. And Nick, why didn't Aizen just F off after the last battle, never to be found again, instead of letting himself get captured in a prison to rule our time Freeman? Miscellaneous questions for me this time for the month of November, my guess. Very good guess. That's two accurate guesses. Firstly, I became a Patreon supporter a few months back, but whenever I try to listen to the MP3s on mobile, they play for a few minutes and restart. I can't fast forward or anything like that, and it keeps happening. Do you know why this is happening? I don't. Maybe something. I don't know how you're playing it on your MP3 or, like, what program you are. I haven't had people complain that the MP3s aren't, like, playable, so it may be the platform you're trying to listen to it on is having issues with it. But if you are still having issues to it, obviously this is a question you sent in a while back, if you are still having issues, let me know what episodes it is. I can send you the straight MP3, and maybe that'll help. Uh, basically, if you need another copy, I can, I can definitely get it to you then. Uh, secondly, you guys got me to World Trigger, so thank you. Well, thank you for enjoying it. I wanted to know if you guys have any theories on the ultimate endgame of the series. For example, Naruto ending with Naruto becoming the Hage, uh, Hokage, and Nor- uh, Toriko looks to be ending with the fight over God. Uh, both things were mentioned extremely early on in each series. World Trigger, so far, only has the goal of rescuing Chika's brother and friend. Do you think World Trigger will have this kind of this as the end game or a slipping new surface? I think the end game is going to be Yuma getting his body back. I think the end game is going to be Earth having to restore its World Trigger. Hmm. Like once that became an element, of the series that all planets have a World Trigger that needs to be refreshed every so often. I I couldn't help but think that'd be the end game in World Trigger, considering it's kind of the name of the series too. Um, and lastly, are you guys still the Shonen Jump podcast Eternal Rivals? I'm listening through the backlogs of the show, uh, and around September 2013, you mentioned them a lot, but I can't recall you talking about them recently, though I've only been listening week to week for the last five months or thereabouts. Uh, yeah, well, Eternal Podcast Rivals is something that doesn't end. Uh, that's, yeah. that's why it's eternal. But yes, we, we, I, I, we do still talk about the podcast. We mentioned it on there, and I know people within the Shonen Jump studio still listen to us, and we still have Annalise on pretty frequently, and I think we may be getting... Mm-hmm. Hopefully some other people from Shonen Jump on the podcast as guests some point in the future. Hmm. One of them I apparently need to bribe with very cheap liquor. Which Stay tuned. It's very, honestly very easy for me. But thank you for the questions, Yid. Uh, this is uh, from Salad of Love. 
Uh, and I think that what we're going to do is we're, I think we'll finish up the August questions here before we. Okay. Uh, dear Nick and Chris, between Urihime and Sakura, who do you think maintained their dignity better by the end of their respective series? Sakura. Sakura. It's not even close, unfortunately. I mean, Sakura might not have had much success, but she at least tried, and she had a pretty ambitious goal of wanting to stand beside Naruto and Sasuke as they kept on proceeding ahead. Um, and she was part of the final battle. She was an integral part of it. Mm-hmm. She was there with uh, Team Team 7 when they managed to beat Kaguya. Uh, so I would say Sakura, yeah. What the fuck did Arihime do at the end? She summoned her shield. <laughs> Next up. Uh, this is from Crafty, Hi There, Y Roller, Pop Tarts, and Rolo Chai Tea Latte. I, that is my favorite name anyone's ever given me. That's pretty great. I kind of want to always use that. Just a fun question for you two. If you and your frequent collaborators like Brawla, Kane, Attacking 101, Infamous Planet, Kaito Ace, and Steve Man were characters in a Shonen Adventure universe, which Shonen archetypes would each of you be? Who would you be? The aloof rival, the bumbling recurring Vivin, or the uh, eccentric mentor? I have these, so if you don't want to go through these, I have them. Okay, go ahead. So I would be the annoying protagonist, like the, the the loud, annoying, like way too chipper protagonist at times. You would be the cold, uh, cutting glasses wearing rival. You're essentially like the. Oh, I've got the glasses already. So yeah, you're like <laughs> Ryu to my like Asta or Naruto, where I'm like loud and obnoxious, and you're just there like. Annalise would be the plucky, optimistic friend that we have to keep in the dark about the danger shonen world we're secretly a part of. Okay. Yeah, because she's such an optimistic and, like, happy person. She couldn't be dragged into our dark shonen world. Uh, Infamous would just be Zonge, because he's just, he's a joke, (laughs) kind of there. (laughs) And Tech King would be the new big rival we get after we start a new arc, like, three years later. Like, he's the grim jaw in our series. Like, he shows up later on. It's like, oh, this is the new big guy to to contend with. So there we go. Our bad guy would be the woodworkers. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Just, just consecutively more and more popular woodworking podcasts. Alright, so then the next one's from... Is there a name? Uh, Kufu Kator. Kufu Kator. Okay, great. Or Kurt. Alright. I forget if it was my asking or you next. Which uh, it's you. You're, okay. Uh, yours. Hey Nick, why oh god Cuba, why Freeman, and Chris, Tamers is a much better season than Frontier, you owe to your the Digimon fan to watch it. There it is. I don't know why that was in quotes. I didn't say that. Obviously, it's just directed at me, but I feel like when it's in the quotes, it sounds like something I said, which is not true. Frontier's probably much better than Tamers. I just, I won't know because I'm never going to watch Tamers. Ever. Ever. Uh, before asking questions, I wanted to thank you for use of the entertainment that you've provided. While I'm fairly new to emailing questions to you guys, I've been listening to your podcast since your first episode on TableTig.com. Thanks to your podcast, I'm now a big fan of Jump, and while this led to me, me to read some not-so-great manga over the years, such as Bleach and Fairy Tale, it also expanded my horizons for manga. You're very welcome. Glad yeah, to hear that. that. That's a great thing to hear. Thank you for that. And enough blowing smoke up your asses is Q&A time. As mentioned before, thanks to your podcast and now a Jump fan, I read basically every series is on Jump right now. The only series that's still running in Jump and one of the few series you guys have been is, uh, recapping since the beginning of WMR that I don't read is Toriko. For whatever reason, I never really read it, even when you guys were praising it every week. So I've been debating for some time about reading it. I've been apprehensive considering how negative your views have become, though. So I have two Toriko-related questions. A. Considering the quality of Toriko nowadays, do you think it's worth the time investment getting caught up in the series? 
keep in mind that whenever I do get caught up with the series, you guys have to be constantly recapping. I go back and listen to your old podcast about seven chapters, so that's something like two or plus episodes at this point. Yeah. Um, seeing as how Torco is about to end soon, I'd say that if you're going to choose a time to read it all, it might as well be now. <laughs> uh, you've got nothing to like keep to catch up on at this point because it's going to end like next week. So. And I would recommend it because you're, you know you're starting from the beginning, and you know like many of the series we we talked about that you know, the long running ones, Toriko is really really good at the beginning. Like I would say it's worth it because it's going to be a while of reading Toriko before I feel like it gets to a point where it starts to get degrade a bit in quality because the early arcs are pretty great. That's where you get slowly introduced to the four kings. You get like really inventive and interesting areas. You know everything's kind of simple and fun and wacky. Like it's it's great stuff early on. Like, you don't have anything to really lose. Yeah, keep in mind that Toriko's been running for uh, over eight years at this point. And so, yeah, you're going to get a good, I think, like six or so before it starts to really take a noticeable drop in quality. So, uh, Also, question B, when was the point that Toriko went from one of your favorite series to review to the point that Chris very favorably compared to One Piece to a chore to read every week? Like what happened with Naruto and Bleach. It's, it was right around the time that the time skip happened. It, it feels like that's the thing with every series you talk about. Like, when does it start dipping in quality? Time skip, I guess. Yeah. But it really was, though. It was, like, right around there. I think it was It was actually slightly before that it was getting kind of weird when Kamatsu was having the cooking competition, which then got interrupted, and there were all sorts of fights going on, and we only actually found out what happened in a couple of them. Yeah, uh, but it like, was right around that area. Yeah, I guess a better place to say where it dipped was the entire arc with uh, Heracles. You know, that was where it kind of got like to the point where we lost track of a lot of things and where there wasn't a whole lot of enjoyment at all during that time. Hmm. Uh, number two, this is a question for you, Chris, and probably the one Nick has mentioned in the past that back when it was so good, Bleach was a series that got him into reading manga since he started watching the anime and then transitioned to reading the manga. For me, that series was Naruto. I honestly say I probably wouldn't read Nar- manga if it wasn't for Naruto. Is there a series like that for you? One that may have turned you from a casual anime or manga fan into the hardcore otaku you are today, but now reads multiple jump series a week. I mentioned, I think, before the first manga I read was the uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! manga. And then I picked up a couple series beyond that. But the series that basically got me fully invested in the manga and turned me into, like, uh, like a obsessive on it was One Piece. Like, that was a series that once I got really into it, I had to find out what the current going-ons in it were in Japan. I had to, like, pick up some of the games and start playing those. I just got obsessed with One Piece. And that was, like, the first series I collected, you know, like, dozens and dozens of volumes of. So... One Piece is the one that I got really invested in and really got me into manga. I I read manga before that point, but that was the one that really started like uh, a fanaticism. This is a question that uh, is based on what came to us before Luke Cage actually aired. Uh, so mm-hmm. the question was actually to pose just to you, based on the fact that it seemed to be heavily inspired by The Wire. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So. The question was, does this make you more or less excited for this? We talked about Luke Cage uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, and we both said we really liked it. So Yeah, I think, I think we both really liked it. And I definitely, there are elements of The Wire within Luke Cage that are some of the elements I like the most in it, which is, you know, partially, like, 
not all bad guys succeed because their plans are the best. Sometimes the systems mm-hmm. that exist in our world, the corruption within it, are the reason bad guys succeed. Diamondback certainly wasn't the greatest mastermind. Let me just put it that way. Yeah. Uh, question for both of you this time. Now that Bleach is well and truly dead, thank God, it's almost a guarantee that Kubo will eventually make another series at some point later on when he eventually does, which we, we already answered this question. <laughs> yes, we, <laughs> Multiple we, both, times. we both read it. Uh, with both Naruto and Bleach out of the magazine, Toriko and Fairy Tale finishing at some unknown point and a bunch of new interesting gem stars entering the magazine, are you guys worried that you won't have enough crappy series to bitch about each week? No, nope. we have Black Clover. we got Black Clover. <laughs> I'm kidding. I and, like Black Clover. <laughs> no. Now, well, d- trust me, like, this this is the way that manga has been for decades. Like, something new always comes along. Uh, I'm glad that we are Weekly Manga Recap and not Weekly Bleach Recap uh, or something like that, because we always have something new to talk about, and we will continue to evolve as the manga seat evolves, and that's it. Yeah. My, my, my biggest, like, proudest thing about Weekly Manga Recap is we can, ha- we can find humor and make things entertaining even from good chapters. Like, we're just able to go off on tangents or you know, have fun even when things are good. So that's nice. And uh, the, the, also the last question is essentially the same as the, uh, what archetypes do you guys fit? Uh, if it were you, if it were us, Annalise, Tech King, and Infamous Plant, who would each of us be under the five man band and who would be our sixth ranger? <laughs> uh, it was, it's what the hero, the lancer, the big guy, the smart guy, and the chick. Yes. All right. So, Honestly, if this is the chick. <laughs> well, no, I think Annalise is the chick. Uh, between you and I, I feel like we could reverse on who's the lit hero and who's the lancer. Like, I think we could both. We do dragons. Yeah. Uh, the big guy, I'd say, would be Tekking, just because he has a. Yeah, he's much more popular than he's us. A, and and he's, also got, he's also got a very uh, bodacious personality. And the smart guy would be infamous, because despite the fact that he says very dumb things at times and he's very weird, <laughs> infamous is a very intelligent person. He's just not allowed on harmony. He would be our genius dits. Uh, more like a no, like the genius dickhead no one wants to talk to because he's so unpleasant. <laughs> oh god, what was the name of the computer guy from uh, uh the, the, fuck Skip Dance? Oh, um, I want to call him Brock, but he wasn't Brock. I think I just want to call him Brock. that because he looks like him. Uh, let me just Skip Dance. Uh. Was, uh, Third character. Where the fuck is characters? Just say characters here. Switch. God damn it. Switch. There. Switch. Yeah, he's like Switch, but um, less personable. <laughs> Just saying something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know who our Six Ranger would be. I guess uh, Steve Man. Go with that. All right. Uh, let's see here. Question, I don't see one on here, so I don't know the name here. But hi, Nick and Chris, the Yu-Gi-Oh! franchise has multiple parts of generations like JoJo and Pokemon Adventures, but I don't know if manga series are as good as the anime counterparts. What do you think? Uh, it depends, honestly. Um, not just arc by arc, but like <laughs> what you like, what you look forward to uh, in Yu-Gi-Oh! in general. Yeah, I honestly, I have no clue, because I don't think I've ever read any Yu-Gi-Oh! manga that actually got to the card battling part. <laughs> Okay, um, so then we'll do, we do one last question. Can we do the first one, actually, from September? Because I have answers for that one. Okay, sure. Uh, we'll do that one, but... Uh, then we'll, we'll stop there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. This comes from Salad of Love. 
Dear Nick316 says, hang on, let me do this right. Nick316 says, why I just ruled you. Ooh, can I do the second part? Go ahead. And finally, the Rolo has come back to T. <laughs> Good enough. If you guys were in Ecoma Squad's position, would either of you guys be able to kill Chica? <laughs> or would her cute Chica ness overwhelm you? Uh, I think I'd find it surprisingly easy to shoot I Chica. think I would find it very easy to shoot Chica. <laughs> <laughs> She's not actually going to get hurt. Don't say I hate children. Or yeah. <laughs> I just hate stupid V-faced people. <laughs> and suddenly I've become a V-facist. The- <laughs> like a new, a new social trend just comes up to hate me. Like, no, I didn't mean it. The- the most difficult part of being of having to shoot Chica would be the fact that Yuma would be elsewhere on the map making his duck face. <laughs> uh, all, right. all right, and this is the last question we'll do. Then this is from Jack Lebrano, dear Morgan Freeman's secret white nephew, and Chris Nami's boyfriend Larios. Oh man, that's a callback to the figurine. I know. I've been trying to. Uh, one of my plans is to like get it so I can actually have like a set behind me here in my room, and I want to like that's going on a shelf so it can always be there. Uh, <laughs> on a few Q and A's now, you both mentioned your affinity for villain groups, and I was wondering, out of all the villain groups you've come across in manga and anime, which ones are your favorite? They don't have to be the best written, just which organization pops into your mind the strongest when you hear the term villain group, and why? Espada is always the one that I just think of uh, whenever it comes to villain groups because it's the first one that I encountered uh, in manga. Uh, in terms of, like, which is actually done the best, um, some of my favorites are, I mean, I fucking of course, I think that they're wacky super fun. Uh, which one? In terms of, like, actually intimidating groups that top to bottom are great, I don't think that there is a single villain group that, that you can really point to and not be somewhat disappointed in it. Um, but to go outside the box a little bit, I would say the Ojo White Knights. I mean, they were a great group. That was yeah. top to bottom, really solid. Um, CP9, honestly, is one of my favorite groups. Like, just so many great characters in that that had such great fights and such intimidating presence. Like, Luchi is still one of my favorite villains with the One Piece. And everyone had, like, a satisfying encounter in that. Even, like, Chopper going just crazy and beat the shit out of Kumidori at one point. It's just so much fun. Even Bluno, who gets knocked out before the fights happen, he still was, like, a fun and cool par- character with an interesting power. Um, the Eurasian 6 from Ravemaster was actually pretty cool. Like, it was six members who all actually had, like, a cool built-up presence. And several of them, like, you know, actually, like, had real rivalries within members of the group. And they weren't always just Haru. You know, they were whole built-up presence with all of them. They were a pretty intimidating group of characters. And one group I really always like is the Oniwabon group from Kenshin. They were a really fun group that has an insanely tragic but awesome ending. Like, uh, the, the, the moment of all of them slowly sacrificing themselves to save their leader from a Gatling gun is one of the coolest yet most sad moments in manga to me. It, it still kind of makes me well up a little bit thinking about all of them dying. <laughs> But they were great, because they first fought the heroes, and then by the end of it, they're all sacrificing themselves in a noble fashion to protect their leader. It's it's awesome. Uh, And he finishes it off by asking, in contrast, which do you think are the worst villain groups you've ever come across? It's quickly becoming the Spriggan 12. (laughs) 
The Oration 6 from Fairy Tale is awful, god awful in contrast, because none of them are memorable. And uh, the six fake funeral wreaths are just so bad because I, I, I'm the trying. The real funeral wreaths. The real six funeral wreaths weren't even good. The fake ones though were god awful because I, I couldn't even remember half of them. I, I think Phantom was one, and I think there was a puppet that was one, like a puppet person. <laughs> and then the other ones, I don't even fucking know. I think like three of them got beaten off screen for all I know. Nobody cared about them. That's why they had to introduce the real six funeral wreaths. Fucking worthless dickheads. Uh, one that I will actually uh, bring up as a good villain group, I guess, would be... Because uh, this is going outside manga, though. Uh, the Dark Masters from Digimon. Uh, that's a good group. I particularly love them with the dub voices, so you get, like, surfer dude fucking... <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> River of power! River of power! Oh, God. And then spending fucking forever on Puppetmon, goddammit. I get uh, another six episodes! Goddammit! I hate you so much, Puppetmon! Pap- Puppetmon have come up with the best possible plan to defeat the dick. DIE! <laughs> no! Horror! It's the, it's the, oh, the horror part that always gets me! <laughs> oh, we've gotta do more Digimon streams. We've gotta get up there, really. Uh, the homunculi in Full Metal Alchemist. Uh, I prefer the manga version, honestly, to the anime version because I love the manga version of Sloth. <laughs> oh, just the dude who's like walking. I just want the to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Will you guys die so I can go to sleep? <laughs> uh, I'm dying now. At least I get to sleep now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to come up with more bad examples. Uh, Teikoku Alexanders to contrast the Ojo White Knights. <laughs> uh, the Fullbringers were pretty bad. Because there was like three or four of them that were just yeah. absurdly lame. Um, oh god. The um, Yu-Gi-Oh! GX had uh, the... Or, what were they called? Um... The Seven Stars, I think, is what they were called in the original. Basically, in the first arc, there are these seven soldiers that are sent to try and get these keys that will unlock the same beasts. Um, and some of them are just so goddamn lame. Like, they start out well enough. Like, the first one is Asuka's uh, older brother, Fubuki, who is possessed by darkness, who ends up actually becoming the final villain of the series. Uh, he's pretty good, because he's got fucking red-eyes darkness dragon. Uh, then there is Camula, uh, I think is what she was called in Japanese, but it's basically Camilla. She's a, a literal vampiress, and she actually defeats uh, two members of the uh, GX team, uh, the Academy's team. And then there's guys like a pharaoh who's on a spaceship... And then Don Zalug, who I love Don, I love the Dark Scorpions, but I have no idea why they were a one, a one episode villain, uh, a comedy, a comedy group of villains, uh, no less. Uh, god, uh, fuck. Daito Kuji was pretty good, the teacher who betrays them. Um, then there's Titan. He's alright, I guess. God, I'm trying to, then there's the fuck, there's, uh, Tania. The Amazon is that Misawa falls in love with, and then his character arc gets 
well, he's done now. <laughs> it's just such a weird hodgepodge of different people who have no relation to each other, have no binding aesthetic at all. What And Tania ends up being a literal tiger. I forgot about that part. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a bit Oh, gosh. All right. Well, I think we I think we gave you plenty to work with. That plenty one. of different answers there. So there you go. That, that's it. That's uh, that's uh, we're gonna wrap that uh, things up there. We're in September uh, though, so we're 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 actually making some good progress now, guys. We got we got through a month and a half of questions this time, so we're moving. Yeah. We'll catch up yet. Uh, but don't uh, let so... that don't let that shy you away from sending in your own questions. If you have them, send them in. We will definitely get to them, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And make sure to send in if you want to answer the question we posted at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, we asked, uh, what is your favorite, or what is your moment for manga that's made you the happiest? What moment in manga made you the happiest? Uh, right. If you want to send in your response, we'll read the best ones we get next week, or next, not next week, but next month. Uh, just send in an email, <laughs> and if you want to ask a question, or answer the one we posed, weeklymangarecap at yahoo.com. Put whether you're putting a question or answer in there, so that way we can easily kind of sort them. Uh, just helps us out on our end. Put that as a subject. And we'll see you next time on hitbox.tv slash T to do our work regular episode on Wednesday at probably about 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to follow us on Twitter to stay updated so you know exactly when we're going to start the show. He's at T. I'm at Y Roller of Time, and follow the podcast at WMR Podcast. Yes. Uh, we usually need to go out with something wacky, mm-hmm. but maybe we should do something different this time. We should be very serious. We could be really somber. Really somber. Yeah. Like, Nick, what's the last time you cried? About a, a woman. About a woman? Yeah. Like, I'm like trying to think, like, what's the most vulnerable thing a man could cry about? And it's like, well, a I woman didn't broke cry my about heart. this. I didn't cry about this, but I did see on Twitter that there was a 108 year old uh, Chicago Cubs fan who uh, got to see the Cubs uh, win the World Series and then she died like five days later. That's a that's a great story though. Like she got that's to gr- see that, it. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's hap- that's happy crying. No, so. I want the story that's like a hundred and eight year old woman died the day before they clinched. The day before. <laughs> like she's like, just hold on to the Cubs win. Her heart's like, I gave you long enough. <laughs> and like was, that's when you hear on the TV like, like, and the Cubs win the World Series. Like she just misses that moment. <laughs> It's like right before the final pitch. <laughs> it's like just a couple minutes longer, and like it's in the th- it's in the third baseman's hand, right? As he's about to throw it, in. you just see the Grim Reaper with like a like a like a watch that he's tapping to, like mm-mm. He yanks the carpet out from underneath her. <laughs> Yo! There were there were, I did see a couple of things where like uh, people like visiting their Chicago Cubs fans uh, parents' graves in order to go like they finally won, mom. <laughs> I'd be like if I was their parent, I would like come back to the ground and be like, oh, who gives what? a fuck now? <laughs> who gives a fuck now? <laughs> F off. Couldn't do it. I guess, Couldn't do it in my single, generation or barely in yours. A single bony hand punches out of the dirt and, ah! <laughs> and turns around and. Flips the bird and then falls limp. <laughs> this didn't end up going out somber at all. Yeah, we'll have to try better next time. Bye, everybody. <laughs>